Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this Tuesday, August 1st, 2023. This sports program starts right now. Sports! Oh, boys. Gentlemen. Listen, I don't want to have to do this because, damn, it's our second day back. And it's not the fault of the man who's first day back. Um, That's on us. That cannot be how this particular day. This is a holiday in the McAfee house today. So cannot have the show stumbling out of the gates that hard. Especially with the crosshairs on us, boys. Yeah. They are looking for anything. Any little slip up. Any little potential opportunity to say this is the reason. And you guys lead the show like that? Good Lord. From the top, Foxy. Quiet defense. Roll that beautiful intro footage, please. Figure it out. God damn it. Boys, what is it? It's football. Football. This show fucking stinks. The fact that you listen, we are very, very thankful for it. AJ, never cease to amaze me with your toxicity, pal. You got a couple of these? God damn it. (laughs) What the fuck are you doing? Fuck, fucking Hey, welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this special Tuesday, August 1st, 2023. This sports program starts right now. Football! Yeah, here we go. Hey, you see? Here we go. All right, we're off and running. All right, yeah. you see what happened there? Yep. Yeah, and we know whose fault it This is what training camp is, boys. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sometimes you got to run right. from the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get back in there. Yeah. Sometimes you got to say, hey, there was a little miscommunication there. Maybe somebody didn't get the message, but we all need to be on the same page. If we're all wrong, we're all right. But yeah. if one of us is wrong, yeah. we're all wrong. We're all wrong. Everybody's wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So way to bounce back, boys. That's getting better. That's what today's all about, getting better. Hell and that's yeah. what training camps are doing all around the NFL. And today, we'll be talking to a general manager who's at a training camp for a team that everybody's thinking is going to make a Super Bowl run. What? Brandon Bean of the Buffalo Bills will join Ooh. us oh, hell yeah. in about an hour. In 15 minutes, I cannot wait to chat with him. There's obviously a lot of conversations around the Buffalo Beals that we will certainly be having. I think all good coming out of camp. Haven't heard much, but I think all good. That's good news. Stephon Diggs smiling in a picture I seen posted on social media. That's right. Uh, That was a little bit of a discussion there for a bit. He was the only one showing up to camp. And uh, it's like, Josh pumped. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, Von Miller is back. Wow. Happy. Tamar Hamlin, obviously. Super Uh pumped. And then the next photo, dressed incredibly. Super cool outfit, but he seemed to be focused. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He wasn't too happy. So maybe he was just focused, and they taught him at a different time. But I think it's all going to be good because what they do up there is play good football. They've been so close. Everybody thinks they're going to get over the hump every single year for the last five years. And then all of a sudden, is this going to be the year that it does? Is this going to be the year where Josh Allen says, yeah, I am the prototype. This is the offense that you all want. I'm not going to have any turnovers this year. No. Huh? That'll be huge. No picks. I fucking love watching the Buffalo Bills. Can't wait mm-hmm. to chat with Brandon Bean. He will be a good conversation. We'll also have Michael Lombardi on joining oh, us. Hell yeah. Oh, Let's go. Lombo's got a lot to cook on, especially in this time of trades, signs, cuts, waiting, roster management. He's obviously been a general manager and a host, and uh, uh, he's an author, a newsletter writer. What? He's been an advisor to Bill Belichick. That's right. A consultant to Bill Belichick. What? Three-time Super Bowl champion and very Italian man. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, Wildly Italian, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just like us. 
Just like me, for sure. Just like Thank you. one oh, half well. of the hammer. Bad. Cowboys turn digs is here. The toxic table is here. At Ty Schmidt, who looks fantastic with that John Deere cap. We had a John Deere sitting in the parking lot today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Looked Not, great. I don't Looked know if great. you saw that. Zito brought I, I his did. John Deere right on in and drove it to work today. It yep. was a beautiful yeah. thing. I think that might have been why you have the hat on. Absolutely. Just saw it. Just nice little reminder. Is like, you know what? I haven't worn my Deere hat in a little bit. And, and it was one of the happiest mornings of my life. Seeing Zeke parking his his beautiful beautiful John Deere tractor in his you know normal parking spot. Now Zeno, what was the case though that John Deere didn't have anywhere near the fucking ponies needed Whoa. to do what the job yeah, needed? Yeah, you know, outside. it was a little lower. It was the S one hundred. They needed the S four hundred up out there. But yeah, it's a lawnmower. It's not meant to fucking tow anything other than maybe you know a little skid steer if you want to shoot some you know Scott's Turf Builder Plus onto your yard or yep. you know something like that. I mean that thing's not meant to. <laughs> they also told me they're worried about the barricades getting messed up because the uh, too much horsepower. That that's at Viva Lazito. That did not happen. But uh, <laughs> the John Deere was brought here by Zito to work today because uh, we thought there was a chance. They did not approve it, but we thought there was a chance uh, that it could be able to help set up this racetrack that's being built yeah. in our parking lot currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tony Smokes Stewart, yeah, three-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, will be here uh, pining for NHRA, which is the drag strip racing happening Ooh. here in Indy in a few weeks or whatever. This guy races anything. So we have a go-kart company, a local one, Smelly. that we found that's bringing four go-karts that go 55 to 60 miles an hour. What? Okay, Indiana does not fucking... This is a big racing town here. Mm-hmm. So like in Pittsburgh, you go do bumper cars or things like that, and you do maybe go-karts, and it's like wood. 15 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour, whatever. Sure. I came out here to Indiana. They th- these kids are actually professional racing against other kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the go karts are going 45, 50, 60 miles an hour. Whenever you're going to like a public racing other people, right? And there's full courses yeah. and tracks. So these people, we got a hold of. Zito got a hold of them, and uh, we're turning the entire parking lot into a track, and uh, we're going to race Tiny Smoke Stewart and some go-karts to go 50 by 60 miles now. Hell yeah. And now, that's, that's no shoot. I mean, we got a quick glimpse. Yeah. A couple of the guys setting up tracks. It looked like they were going about 85, so. Yeah, they I mean, were drifting around the corner. Yeah. I mean, we have a real we have a real race that we're about to. Obviously, yeah. we're going to record it, uh, and we'll release the video, and we're pumped for it. But anytime somebody comes to our office, we're like, uh, will they do something? And normally it's a yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Tiny Smoke Stewart's coming. Kind of, will he do something? Yeah. Got to race him. Got to race okay. him. No choice. All right, what do we do? Well, the Zeno's like, we should build track. Yeah, we absolutely should. Got to find go-karts. We're going to go to the one public company and just say, hey, can we take five of these things out of here? And then we got like our own private go-kart builder. I assume this guy's kids all race yeah. or yeah. have raced. These things are the real deal. So that should be awesome. Now, what I do know is I'm 255 pounds. I, I, don't, know how much, <laughs> I don't know how much smoke weighs. Smoke might be there. Whoa, watch your Tony, mouth. Tony, watch your mouth. He's I'm gonna tell him you said that. Yeah, he is five dollars. What the hell? That's that's obviously at Boston Connor that and at Boston Connor's ball. It looks amazing. Oh. Uh, he's not two fifty. He's probably like two twenty. He's five nine. He's a stockier guy. Yeah, obviously built. ready for whatever he yeah, needs. Right. But he's not gonna be the only one racing. There's gonna be another person racing. It's yeah. the first time we've seen him in weeks. Mm-hmm. His energy has been missed in my life and our life, ladies and gentlemen. Joining us again for what seems to be the first time in a long time. Adam Pac-Man Yeah! But Pac's going to be racing. This dude ran a 4.51 the other day. He, yeah. He's yeah. 170 pounds right now. How much you weigh? I'm um, about 180. Okay, 180 yeah, pounds. Yeah. I got 75 pounds on him. Yeah. Okay, so these go-karts, you didn't have to... So I'm tuning them on up. <laughs> yeah, amp it up. Get yeah. some NOS in there. Yeah, handicapping. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is like kind of... Half you to do. Because I have faith he's going to do well in this. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in ARC 
little miniature carts out right. here and drive. He's a good yeah. driver. I think you're going to do We have to not get embarrassed by Smoke Gear. Yeah. He's going to, though. Oh, yeah. For He's sure. going to fucking. We got to be careful. Smoke. Smoke. Exactly. We, we got to be careful because I seen this little fucker right here driving earlier. He was flying. Yeah, there was a kid out And I was yeah. a little nervous that he didn't have a helmet on. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they actually told us that he was in a race last night in New Jersey and he flipped his car. Yeah. yeah. So, and then good pro. thing he's in. In our parking lot today, trying to do the same. But thing. we must yeah. win, though. We'll win. The, I, I don't think we're going to win because, like, One these drivers like the apex of the turn, and they know how to like do. Yeah. The, they yeah. know how to yeah. do things. Right. Yeah. Like they are much smarter than we are. And I, once again, only learned that when I went to that. I think Nick was even with me one of the times I went to these things. Go karts out here are much different than in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, it's no joke. It's yeah. no. You could get seriously hurt. And there's nine year olds, yeah, sitting in these same carts as you, yeah. that are going 55, 60 miles an hour, and they're just such better and smarter drivers than you. They they are just they make it look so easy because they are so good. Then you try, you ran your ass into a wall, you get whiplash, maybe break your collarbone, something like that. Yeah, and you're showing up, Ooh. maybe a little tuned up too. Sure, yeah. obviously, somebody else is well. driving, obviously, and it's yep. like, hey, you go do some go karts. These are fun. You go do that. These kids are studying the track, mm-hmm. so they know when to turn, when not mm-hmm. to turn. Like they have done their research, and then they just embarrass you. Smoke will do that to us, but we can't be getting lapped in a five lap race in a parking lot. Definitely, you not. know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying, Pack. I can't I, happen. I agree, but we got we know our course. I hope. No, see, either. that's the problem. It builds sport. Yeah, we right just now. build it, and uh, Smoke's going to have eyes on this thing. Oh, yeah. And he's going to be, oh, this is just like uh, uh, fucking uh, Sonoma. Yeah. <laughs> this is just like Sonoma right here. And like, he will, he probably knows this. I would assume that he will know the go-kart that he's never been in uh, 4,000 times better than we will. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know right. what I mean? He yeah. is, these people, they get their kids in these, they're racing real young. Yeah. And commit their entire lives to it. It is Bananas. I think F1 was like the dream of a lot of these kids. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then now, like, NASCAR ended up being in that place where it was like, here's where all the money is. Yeah. Because Smoke from Indiana was in IndyCar, was an IndyCar series champion. Yeah, 97. And then he went over to NASCAR. I think it's because that's where the money was at. So it's, I think the racing game is such an well, interesting yeah, So this would be like us going and playing Little League football, going playing some football with you some playing. Kids. Yeah, this would be like, like me. you're kicking a punt to. Yes. It would be. Mm-hmm. God, could you imagine the depression of the soul that would come down yeah, yeah, on an yeah. eight-year-old kid? That's what he's going to be doing to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that's what he's going to be doing. Anyways, shout out to Smoke. We'll be doing that later. Shout out to Zito for kind of piecing that together with old buddy that brought a truck and four people that are certainly whizzing around our parking lot at this exact moment, 55, yep. 60 miles yeah. an hour. Mm-hmm. Hope they have insurance. Probably don't. That'll be the next cancellation. But speaking of uh, cancellations, I have an announcement to make. Ooh. Oh, okay. Something has not been canceled. And that's my wife and I's marriage. Nice. Huh? Let's go. Three years today. Wow. Happy anniversary. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Happy anniversary. I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah. Grew up never wanting to get married, you know? Never want to have kids. Mm-hmm. Was planning on being alone, miserable man, but wealthy. Was always planning sure. on that mm-hmm. whole thing. I always said, would like to be set for the rest of my life before I have a kid. Because I don't want my kid to have any worries about anything ever. So I always said that. So I always just assumed that would be a thing that would just, you know, push it. Well, I made a deal with myself. (laughs) Sorry about it. You know, and then every single relationship I got into, incredible humans through my entire life. I've been very, very lucky to be surrounded. It was always like, ah, yeah, I don't know. I just, I've always been like kind of a gypsy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think people see that now. Like, I'm nomad. So then whenever I meet Samantha and I start to realize that it feels like this is, 
potentially a different situation. It was really an eye-opening, enlightening thing. And whenever the decision was made, you know, in her eyes, finally, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. sure. There was a lot of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of trips were going on for a long time where I guess she was expecting, yeah, uh, you know, it to happen. Uh-huh. And there was one particular time where I might have fed that a little bit. Sure. Okay, sure. Like drop, go, drop down, tie, tie shoe. No, or... no, no. Bring out like three dozen roses. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? I never went to the knee because that's fucked up. I think. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I think that is. But having the most romantic dinner in the history of probably that particular hotel, you know, kind of in my eyes, uh-huh. hilarious. Well, that was good, wasn't it? Well, delicious. <laughs> what a hero I am. I got to tell the you The candles, something. the view, yeah. the food, and then obviously she has to act as if she's thankful and happy there. Right. But she certainly thought that we were uh-huh. getting engaged at that exact mm-hmm. moment. And then she still tells that story to this day where she thought about breaking up with me, I think, the next day because that whole thing. And it, if she would have done that after the most romantic dinner of all time, I would have loved to hear what I would have had to say. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? After yeah. that entire thing. But when the time was right for us to engage in Hawaii and then we get married and then we start doing marriage, it was like I have no idea how I ever thought I was going to be able to live without this. I have no idea. I feel like I get um, – I feel like I get, um, I become a much better human because Samantha is in my life. She has opened my eyes to a lot of things. She's a much different person than I am uh, with different backgrounds and different interests, obviously. But. And she loves uh, football, Colts football. So that's good. You know, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But then I realize how much we have in common because we have this appreciation for each other. And I think that is what a true marriage is. I think that is what a great relationship is. And we're three years into this, and I'm very, very grateful. And uh, happy anniversary, Sam. Watching you be a mom over the last three months of this past year has been awesome. And what you spent the last year doing so that we could be parents has been remarkable. So thank you. Happy anniversary. Here's to forever, babe. Yeah. Here's to forever, babe. Marriage ain't easy, though, man. No. (laughs) No. No. It is not. It's part of it, though. Yeah, and I couldn't even imagine dealing with fucking me. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't even. I, it's hard for me to take anything serious. So, like, whenever there's something going on, it's like, is this that big? Okay. Mm-hmm. Are we dying? Like, that's how I view everything. Almost. Mm-hmm. So, like, for somebody who has, like, you know, feelings and, like, you know, real, like, thoughts. Yeah, stuff, yeah. emotions. Dude, I couldn't even imagine her brain whenever some of the things have happened. And I'm like, man. Who cares? <laughs> and then, like, let's just move. So I appreciate your patience with me. I appreciate you making me a better human. And I appreciate that we're still married three years into this stuff. Right, there you go. Right. Here's to you, Sam. Hell yeah. Woo. She's going to be one of these go-karts today. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, she's going to come up here and hop in one of these. She, mm-hmm. She's a psychopath when she's driving. Against smoke? I honestly, like, yeah. I mean, we might as well. I mean, I, she, so her dad, big IndyCar fan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's been going to IndyCar races like her whole life. Oh. So she thinks by osmosis from watching it, sure. she gets it. She knows, yeah. Like my first couple of times in the car with her. Now that she has uh, Mackenzie, she drives a little different, a little yeah. much different. Yeah. And I don't know how she's driving alone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, don't know sure, 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 sure. I don't know what it's like when she's alone. But she's psychopath behind the wheel. She thinks that she fucking, because she watched so many races, she has actually driven those races. So I think today she's going to put on a show. Here like, we go. I think she's Let's a Because she she's smaller too. Mm-hmm. So, like, all these drivers are, like, jockeys, horse jockeys. They're, like, kind of yeah. smaller, you know? Yeah. Newgarden won the Indy 500. He's tall, but he's, like, super light. Yeah. Thin. Like, you got to be weight matters, size matters. Mm-hmm. And I think she could have been a good We'll find out today. 
I mean, we'll find yeah. out that. Yeah. Happy anniversary, Sam. Built for a reason. find out. <laughs> 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 right? Didn't we? Didn't we see that? We built. This is for Sam. And then. Oh, yeah. And then smoke. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Happy hey, look at us. Hey. Wow. Happy anniversary. Look at you guys. Get a couple of hot laps in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spend a day out there. Yeah, that's Enjoy romantic. it. All right, let's talk about some sports now that we got Pac-Man here. Pac-Man, you and Ryan Clark uh, during the break. I've yeah. seen this because we were... Hope you had an incredible break, by the way. Yeah, we I missed, did. We had missed an you. unbelievable break. We missed you. Where'd you go? Missed you too. Uh, took the boys out to Lake Norman. Mm-hmm. We stayed up there for about eight days. Uh, the boys means the whole house. The whole crew. The crew. 17 Which? deep. 17. Deep. Sounds that's fun. an easy thing to prepare for. Yeah, yeah. true. A 17 person trip. Yep. I think that's easy. Right, easy to find lodging for that as well. <laughs> very affordable. Yeah. 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 Very, very affordable. <laughs> easy to do. Yeah. I understand that. So thank you for your effort for all of that and changing people's lives. Speaking of changing people's lives, how about Junior? Yeah. Ohio State. Let's Hell yeah. Chris Henry Let's Jr. commits to Ohio State during our break. He's the 6'6, 280, I mean, 95 pound. 195? 195. 6'6", 195, running a 4'4", four, four sophomore year. Wide receiver from what high school? Withrow High School. Withrow High School in Ohio. Yeah. Going to Ohio State this weekend. Obviously, Chris Henry is his father. Chris Henry mm-hmm. passed away. Adam Pacman Jones stepped in as a pseudo-father. I think you and his relationship is beautiful. You and everybody in your house's yeah. relationship mm-hmm. is beautiful. There's 10 D1 athletes in this house. It's unreal. 10 D1 athletes. That's that's a lot of commitment by a lot of people, yourself included. How happy are you for Junior? He's getting to experience this right now. Oh, man. Unbelievable experience for him. Um Words cannot express how happy I am for him. But the main thing I'm so proud of him about is through all this experience and all this stuff that's going on, he's been the most humblest kid. Like, he haven't changed the bit. Slim was like that too, wasn't he? Yeah, he's still taking out the trash. You know what I mean? He's still doing the little things. And um, I think that goes a long way more than the football stuff because the football stuff, he's a freak of nature. So obviously Slim has not been able to be with him through these years and this entire thing. We all know the very unfortunate accident that took place. He was your best friend. Um, So you stepping up, incredibly cool. Do you see a lot of... Spitting image. Isn't it crazy too? Because he doesn't really know. Like, you know, it's just like Mm kind of... Like he didn't really get to... no, he's seen highlights. I yeah, see. he ain't really he don't he don't he know, but he don't know. I should put it like that. But mm. like for anybody that met Slim, if you see Chris, it is like that's yeah, that's that's him. Yeah, like awesome. they look everything is identical. Um, even the way they run, they talk, body language. Um, his attitude is a lot more better than Slim. I would say. <laughs> but far as competing and being competitive on the field and outside of the field with his schoolwork and all that, he's doing an unbelievable job. All of them, man. Saini already signed her scholarship. She's going to Ohio State, which is his oldest sister. So um, it's good, man. They work hard, too. Hell, yeah. Congrats to the whole house. Awesome. Lucky to get a chance to chat with him every once in a while, FaceTime with Pac, and then just kind of mm-hmm. show the camera around. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, that's uh... a... <laughs> Oh, yeah, probably going to be sprinter for whatever national champion mm-hmm. team. Everyone's working that's out. Well, who's that? Uh, that'll be the number one wide Yeah, that's the next Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep. Yeah, just oh, happens okay. to be Chris Henry Jr. Yeah, he's just saying it over there. Just did a windmill dunk in uh, Uggs. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking yep. awesome. Unreal. Hey, it's going to be a great story someday about yep. all of it. It mm-hmm. already is a great story. Shout out to you. Great to see you back. Let's start diving mm-hmm. into some stuff. Damar Hamlin, Yenzer, dog, friend of ours. Yeah. Uh, I believe if anybody met him, he would hopefully take to this entire group because he seems to be a human that obviously is inspiring mm-hmm. and motivating. What? A man who presented an award to the Buffalo Bills training staff for saving his life on 
TV at the ESPYs, and it was a magical moment. But also, I think he understands very much the situation he is in. Yeah. I think he is very humble about the entire situation that he is in. I think his self-awareness is impeccable. And how he's choosing to kind of treat everything that has happened to him has been nothing short of mm -hmm. admirable. Here's him talking to the press after his first day back in pads where he's been fully cleared to play football again somehow after we saw what happened on Monday Night Football less than a year ago. I honestly would love to like, you know, do this whole process under a rock, get myself together and then pop back out when I when I feel like my best. You know what I mean? But, you know, I, I think there's strength in and and you know, going through a process in front of the in front of everybody's eyes, you know, it, it shows vulnerability, it shows strength, it shows perseverance, and you know, that's that's things I would love to stand for. Hell yeah. Yeah. I love everything about it. I like the way he's answered it. He could be really shy, but I remember there was a time whenever he came back that none of us thought he was going to be able to come back. But when he came back, he was away from the cameras, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And then he was up in the snowstorm. Up well, in the yeah, right, that's right. And then there was conspiracy well, theories yeah. on the internet and what? crazy stuff taking place. He had to kind of sit back there and like listen to all that while also trying to get his body back to being full and capable and hopefully playing football again. Now he's at that point. Seems like just the perfect reaction to the whole situation. We'll talk to Bean about it, obviously, in about an hour. But Pac-Man, love seeing this out of DeMar, man. Man, love seeing it. Um, I remember when he first started going back in public, I had the chance to talk to him. I had him meet me in Vegas. And he didn't want to be around nobody. He didn't want to talk to nobody. I'm like, yo, bro, you got to use this this time and this platform to motivate other people that maybe been through this or had somebody go through it. And um, it's just good to see him in a place right, like that right now. Um, the football stuff going to come. He's a good football player. You know, it takes time to get back into the group. I didn't hear much about his football. What are they saying about him on the field? Are they saying? I mean, he was solid. He's also playing with, you know, yeah. Tredavious White and Poyer and Micah Hyde. So it's a, it's a great I saw him at SBs. I said, how you feel? He said, everything's coming. Everything's mm -hmm. coming. Like, mm -hmm. that's bananas. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> I, almost, I almost spent more time at the SBs talking about it. Like, you know, what I said Skip Bayless said on his tweet were jokes. Obviously, he did kind of. He did I mean, tweet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't uh, the way I said, but obviously, it's jokes in that entire thing. And shout out to Tom Segura. Yeah. Uh, Tom Segura was the only human that I got a chance to kind of run through what I was going to talk about with. And there were some things that I that, that Tom Segura wanted me <laughs> Stay to. Stay away, yeah, bro. I just yeah. had to. There were some things that Tom wanted me to really. Mm -hmm. Didn't this happen in the last year in sports? I don't think I could say this, but <laughs> I'm not a sports guy, but you could. There was a potential trade that he wanted to bring up, you know, yeah, or sure. two well, that yeah. happened. Bunch there was some other stuff. Rogers, but he helped me out, you know. Sure, like sure, I, sure. I ran through it, and then he would be like, "Oh, it didn't boom." And then it was very, it was awesome. I mean, getting a chance to do that with one of the greatest comedic brains of all time is yeah. obviously very stupid and lucky. And I'm very thankful he did that. And I also asked him if I'm allowed to give him credit because I don't want him to get. So no, I couldn't really talk to him because the. Uh, yeah, so sure. the writers. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, like, Tom was really the only person that I could talk to. Uh -huh. I said, can I give you credit for that? He goes, uh, he goes, yeah, but it was all you, but yes, or something like that. Like, super humble. Uh, but that's not the case, obviously. And uh, <laughs> I go, don't you, aren't you scared there's going to be people that are going to be pissed off at you? He goes, ah, fuck them. What are you? Yep. Right, we wrote our own <laughs> stuff. Like, basically how he viewed it was, like, we wrote our own stuff. Like, if they need, there's people calling me a scab. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Mm -hmm. yeah. People call me a scam. Like, I'm a professional writer or a professional actor or something like that. Like, what are we talking about? I work for ESPN. Mm -hmm. It's their award yep. show. What? I talk into microphones for them. What? Yep. 
Okay, I got a 10-minute time talking to a microphone for ESPN. Like, that's what I'm still going to start doing it. Kind of a natural introduction. Yeah, sure. This is kind of, yeah, people yeah. call me a scab and all this stuff. I'm like, whoa, whoa, take it easy. So, Tom, shout to Tom Scorer, by the way. And his new special on uh, Netflix is a 1,000% worth watching. So yeah. good. So it is fantastic. But what we said there about Skip, kind of real, but that was what happened. Bro. Oh, like, yeah. He was, yeah. This, yeah. he was fucking dead in front of all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole world. So I was in the ratings, I don't know what they were, and obviously we're, uh, as humans, a, a terrible group of people. Yes. Te- absolutely terrible. The worst. We see that now with what they're funneling into our algorithms with Ugh. the worst accidents and worst, mm-hmm. uh, worst everything happening. Bites. Oh, I want to see a train crash. Yeah. Uh, I want to see this. I want to see bad stuff. Bad stuff happen. I, I'd assume the ratings... We're oh, yeah. only going oh, yeah. through the roof. Yeah. So what a standard Monday Night Football in the NFL, which remembers the NFL ratings are the only ones going up. Yeah. Everybody else is going down. So a lot of people. But that's only growing. And then news the next day, uh, NBC morning show, CBS morning show, what? everybody on earth mm-hmm. saw the footage of this guy yes. dead. And now he's back in pads ready to do it. Like, shout out to everybody. His will to live, what? obviously in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yenzer too. Not, not saying sure. yeah. that it is because he is a Yenzer. But he is the answer. So fuck yeah, will to live. The reaction by Denny Erickson mm-hmm. or Kellington, yeah, Denny Kellington, Kellington. the trainer to execute in there, the EMTs, the fucking doctors, yep. and now the post story is going to be even more inspiring than we could have imagined. Whenever we were all taking part through this whole ride of Demar Hamlin, it's it's really and it sucks because there was a time where he was not alive, yeah, right? And oh, we yeah. didn't know if he was going to do that. But this is like one of the most. Touching. Like beautiful t- yeah. things of, yeah. of I said all time, and I people are coming saying that this is one of the most inspiring things in human history or whatever. It's like, bro, you know how many people had to come together to save this guy's life, yes. yeah. and how many people were watching it with the spotlight on yeah. and having to do it. Like, bro, this is fucking unbelievable, and I'm incredibly proud for Demar. You guys talk about it all the time too, like how hard it is to come back just from like a knee injury and trust your knee again. Yeah. Like, imagine how hard it is to come back and just go on the field and put pads on with potentially that in the back of your head, like of what just happened to you the last time on your field, like on you were on the field. Yeah, like, football that, as yeah. a whole. Yeah, yeah that's going insane. to make a tackle. Because that was a yeah, basic. Going to make yeah, a basic. Yeah. Run of the mill. Yes. You know, they're trying to, they were, they, uh, at one point there was not they, sorry. There was one person that had a microphone. Who was the guy that T. caught? T. Higgins. Yeah. Was it T. Higgins? Yeah, T. Higgins, yeah. Remember that happened? Yeah. That I've happened for like a, like a quick like, second. It was almost the, the comment probably what 15 20 seconds yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then the internet for like 20 30 minutes yeah, mm-hmm. and then comment. everybody was like get the fuck, fuck out, out. Yeah. 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 That, that was a cool moment for the internet yeah. I, I think whenever they tried to talk about that because that was literally the most basic play of an NFL football game and i think it opened a lot of other people's eyes too obviously yeah it's definitely the community to let us know like how how i think how good cincinnati the doctors at uc where he went to after they they got him back going Everybody worked together, even the team. Like, no way we can go back out and play that game. Yeah, yeah. That. You know what I mean? And some of the fans were like, oh, we got to play the game. The same guy who goes on and talking about we need to go on with the, with the game. Bro, we are way more important than the game. We know the game is going to go on time and time after us. Yeah, but humans like, come matter, on, bro. bro. Humans yeah. matter. But I, I think, like, to your point on all of that, like, the player, there had to be some players definitely on that field, but certainly around the NFL that didn't know that that was possible. Yeah, sure. You know, like, oh, yeah. what they say, like, that was what, I didn't know that was possible. I'm like, something like that. I heard of this, we had Mr. Jack as a gym teacher in elementary school. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Holiday Park Elementary School. They shut that fucking thing down. Oh, it's yeah. actually for sale right now. I'm thinking about buying it. Ooh, that'd be sweet. Think about buying it just strictly because of what 
happened to me at that elementary Good school. Good riddance. <laughs> the hell I raised. Your that fucking is. school wasn't there either, and that school was the worst. Yeah. Well, I agree. Yeah. Cigarette man. Mr. Jack, anyways, was a gym teacher. You flip that into some luxury apartments? I'm not turning our elementary school. <laughs> That's not okay, a bad I'd be idea. buying back the block to keep it. You know what's good, as opposed to doing what you're doing. Mr. Jack though, had a kid who uh, I think he wanted to play junior B hockey or something like that in high school up in Michigan, and Mr. Jack missed like a week or two of school. And I think I was like sixth grade. I asked him, or he said, "Sorry, I missed it." And he gave, I guess, a, a super detailed. It, it, that happens in hockey, I guess. Yes, like oh, slap yeah. shot hits somebody at the exact moment of something. And then bang, their heart stops, and they're like, dot, like it's over right there. Mm-hmm. It's like a one in whatever chances are. If the timing, though, with an impactful force at the right time, at the right spot, yep. it can happen. Happened to, like, I think Mr. Jack's kids' team whenever I was in elementary school. And I don't remember a lot from then, but that one I remember, like, oh, fuck, somebody can die. You hit a, you just hit them in the chest. That tackle wasn't like that. No, wasn't a big hit. It wasn't like was a puck, like no. a tiny little puck. It wasn't a tiny little like lacrosse ball. It wasn't something that's like j- jabbing or like break. It was just a standard tackle. I'm like, I did not know that was possible. And I assume other guys around the NFL were like, so when I sign up to play, this could potentially happen, I guess. Now. Yeah. That just has to be a little mental fuckery for well, some people. Well, and that's why like him coming back, I feel like, is such a big deal. Because not only like the guys on his team are like, okay, like, this can happen, and we have, first of all, Denny, like you mentioned, the staff that can control. Legends, by the way. Yeah. It has yep. to be talked about. Like, yes. A lot of people are uh, trained to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then whenever, you know, lights come on. Yeah, in the moment. Can you? Yeah. Can you execute what you're told whenever this person actually dead? Yeah, right. with yeah. people around watching. That's a lot teams. different than at 100,000 people watching. Ha, 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 stay alive, stay alive. Ha, 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 stay alive. Certified, yeah, at the airport. Me too. That's, that's Fake song. body on yeah. the side, mm-hmm. telling me to do it. But if it actually push came to shove, am I pulling that off with the whole world? I, I you know, that is. <laughs> so we learned that about those. And so like they should be, yes, congratulated because yeah, not everybody's yeah. going to do that. It is just. Uh, but I think what you're going to get to is the future of football too, like kids. You know, parents that saw that happen mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. football obviously had that stigma heavy there about like if you respect your brain at all, you would not play tackle football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Will Smith made a movie mm-hmm. and then everybody thought there was a war on football. Yes, that's what it was titled. War on football, trying to take out football, the future of football. Now, I argued that like you think Tim and Sally would give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. there's there's neighborhoods around the country that are creating NFL football players Yes, that you could show them all these war on football stats, <sighs> motherfuckers still playing football. Yeah. That's right. So like, I didn't think the NFL was ever in jeopardy. Like no. I didn't ever think like, yeah, the guys that I hang out with and know from the NFL, if Dr. Will Smith and these other stats were told their, their school or their family, they're still playing football. Mm-hmm. Like in kids of NFL players yeah. are all, Still playing football. Yeah. So I never thought the NFL was in jeopardy, but I did think the popularity of the sport 
was definitely in jeopardy sure. because it was something that like they're making a lot of vital points. It's like, yeah, I guess you are signing up for this. You think about this with boxing because we all saw it with Muhammad Ali and many others. Like, what? yeah, that's what you sign up for with boxing. I don't think people viewed football the same way. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, you get to play in the NFL, you get to play in the NFL. So I think there was a lot of exposure to potential happenings of you know bodies breaking down, brains breaking down after repeated beatings that happen in a football game. So this type of stuff showing up and adding more excuses for parents to keep their families and kids away from football, I don't think is good because people will potentially do that. But DeMar's back yep. on the field. You oh, know, it's yeah. like, I, I, this is a fucking beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And we should celebrate it every chance we get. Yeah. And shout out to DeMar, man. Hey. Yeah. Way to go, DeMar. So cool, go, dude. Keep going. Way to go, DeMar. I'm excited to see how he plays. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it wasn't hyperbole, you saying him. Like, they were doing chest compressions for like 15 minutes. And like, we've all watched a lot of football and like sports in general. Like, I don't, I mean, yeah, like every once in a while, maybe a guy like breaks his neck or has like a spinal thing, but like, he's always getting taken off. And and most of the time, they're giving the thumbs up. With this, it was like, you got, you see the guys crying on the field. It's like, no, he's dead. And then even the next day, yeah, we like we had his his buddy on the show, Jordan, and, it, and it's the same. They're still with him, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Jordan took it on the shins yeah. big oh, yeah. time. Yeah, this Heavy. guy's just trying to grab fame or do whatever, get his own business up and running. But like, he was still in a coma for like yeah. multiple days. Like we did the show like the following week, and we were all saying like. You almost don't even want to talk about anything. It's like we don't know if this guy's going to survive. Like, legitimately, do not know if he's going to survive. I remember us saying that we have to remember what it was actually like in the moment because I think we we're um, all talking about the game makeup and everything like that, and how this has never been done before in the NFL. And even during COVID years, whenever there's things like this, is an anomaly of a situation with what they're going to do. And I think what. I remember us saying, I'm not even so sure, but I think we said, like, hey, we have to remember that this is nothing like anything else we've ever experienced. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people are going to forget what we were, what we felt in the moment, you One know, like, and the day after. And I think that is probably already started happening for some people because they see DeMar all the way back. Mm-hmm. But at one point, numerous points during that week, there was zero hope that this dude was alive. Yeah, Because we all started yeah. Googling stuff. Like, I'm not yeah. a fucking doctor. I started Googling, mm-hmm. how much time can you not have air go to the, your yeah, brain? That, yep. that was That's the big the thing. thing. Yeah, everybody, that was the main how thing. was this guy? I thought like, he was brain dead. He's not dead. alive right yeah. now. He's been in this coma for how long? It was It was nervous. It was scary. Well, it scary was. Way, I agree. And, like, I don't think, it's going to be hard to explain, I think, because he's seemingly going to come back and play fucking great football. Right. Yeah. And be all the way back. And they'll be like, hey, you remember what DeMar Hamlin went through? And it's like, I feel like we should remember, like, hey, dude was dead. Yes. Yeah. Like, base, everybody thought this guy was dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he's all the way back. That can't be forgotten how crazy mm-hmm. of a situation and of a scene that was. I'll never, I don't think I'll ever forget no. at home no, watching that game no. as it's unfolding, just going through it. And my wife, who watches football with me, obviously, because I don't think she loves watching every game, but that particular game. Huge game. Huge yeah, very game. Vested. That was a very, game. very vested. Gambling on it, betting on it. I mean, the whole thing. And normally she'll like pass out, right? She's more of a morning person, falls asleep early. That one, like nobody could sleep. Remember, no. none of us could sleep no. No. after well, that entire game. And that's what was scary, too, is like Joe and Troy didn't really know what to do or they were getting conflicting reports and didn't really have any of the information. So it's like you're expecting these guys calling the game. Like, well, they know someone there. Someone knows something and they're going to be able to kind of clue the public in on what's going on. But like they had no idea. It was just like, 
say a prayer and hope for the best. Like, that's really all we can tell you. Hey, I thought Joe did a good job there. I, I don't remember exactly what he was saying or how he did it, but that is not. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is. They went and came back from commercial a couple times. A couple times. And yeah. Then, yeah. Then they went back to the studio because I believe it was Shefty. Hey, that's where a guy like Joe Buck is your guy. Being your guy is, you know, that's yeah. why you. Yeah. Game yeah. changer. You know, why he's getting paid the big bucks. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, been there, done that with literally every experience. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not something he's ever experienced before. No. no. But at least you got a guy who's, and we talk about Denny. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Joe can spill shit into that situation. Right. That doesn't have to happen either. You know? Oh, yeah. Everything he's saying has to be like very has to watch it because what we're all watching is our biggest nightmare. Yeah. And he didn't sign up to call people's nightmares. No. No. Like that is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. It was uh, kind of through that ESPYs experience watching back and kind of reliving it mm-hmm. and then now seeing him jog out of the tunnel yeah. and sign autographs and do his press conference and practice. It's like what a miraculous story. What a miraculous being. And uh, I can't wait to chat with Bean here in about 40 minutes to see how it's all taking place behind the scenes. I assume he has an incredibly different view on life. Yes. Not that Damar mm-hmm. Hamlin wasn't a grateful human being before. From all accounts, everybody fucking loved this dude. Yeah. Everywhere yeah. he's ever been. Everybody loves him. But going through something like that, man, it can't. It changed me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It changed me completely. And I'm happy he seems to be the right guy to be the one that is like kind of sharing the story and inspiration for years and decades to come. Yeah, and to that point with the inspiration, like how big is this for the Buffalo Bills too? Like obviously it's just incredible on its own, but like as a team to see your guy come back, how big is that? Think about the Buffalo Bills year last year. Yeah. Off the field. So many things. Ridiculous. Yeah. Oh. That's got to be. Yeah. They can't make excuses, obviously. No, yeah. but they had a lot. That's a lot, though. That's you a get lot. Vaughn getting hurt, then you have that happen. Going into well, the playoffs, shooting before the, the season yeah. started. Yeah, at the Dawson grocery Knox store. Right? In Detroit, they yeah. had to leave because of the snow. Yeah, Dawson Knox's brother. Yeah, passed mm-hmm. away before the season started. I mean, it was just like boom, boom. They had to think to themselves like, whoa, 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 yeah. what the hell we got going? And they were still in position to be the f- number one seed. Like, so it's absurd was. that they were even doing that. Hey, though. good football team. Yeah, that's right. Good football team yeah. up there. Strong football team up there. Can't wait to talk to Bean. Bryce Young, okay, is uh, being talked about mm. because he's been announced the starter mm-hmm. for the yeah. Carolina Panthers now. Everybody knew the number one overall pick is probably going to be the starter for a team that traded all the way up to number one to get a quarterback. What? But there is Andy Dalton on the roster who has started games before and could be a very easy situation to put the veteran in for like three, four games. Hey, here's kind of how this whole thing goes. Kind of ease your way into it as the number one overall guy. Everybody knows you're the guy. Andy Dalton's not the franchise guy. Everybody in this stadium, in his locker room, in the coaching staff knows that you're the guy. They announce him as a starter. They say everything he's doing is remarkable. Yeah, yeah. And I guess coming into the league, I talked to Chris Ballard because uh, I asked him about the quarterback situation because we knew that the Colts were drafting a quarterback at four. Mm-hmm. Were they going to trade up? Were they going to move? What was it going to be? He said that he knew Bryce Young was going. Everybody knew his brain was just special. Mm-hmm. That's what he's, His brain is special. Yeah. In every other draft kind of going into it, you're always trying to figure out the person's brain. Is this person going to be able to handle money, what? pressure, what? NFL offenses, yeah. NFL defenses, what? NFL locker rooms, what? and also the fame and the talking that is going to come alongside all of them. Sure. It is not necessarily a home run with every fucker that can throw a football becoming an NFL quarterback. So whenever they talk about Bryce Young's brain coming in, that was what separated him from everybody. Remember Lombardi, mm-hmm. Michael Lombardi, who'll be joining us today, who has been around the NFL for like 50 fucking years. He said that he was not in on Bryce. He's too small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. Yeah. 
Bingo. Was he Alabama? He's too small. Is he over the line? That's what he, what he said. And then he started. He said he started watching film. Wait a minute. This little motherfucker's really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's seemingly figuring this whole thing out. Michael Lombardi makes a couple calls to a couple teams that have maybe talked to Bryce Young, maybe talked to Nick Saban. What? And he's like, uh, the guy's a fucking brainiac, knows football inside and out, highest yeah. football IQ we've ever been around in our entire life. What? And he starts watching films like the film's kind of saying that. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the yeah. film is kind of saying what you guys are saying. Oh, so this dude's like different, different. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's small, though. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? The guy is. Drew Brees had success, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has there been one before? Yeah, this guy will be another one. It's kind of what everybody starts saying. Chris Ballard kind of echoed that sentiment when I was talking to him. He said, Bryce wasn't going to be available, so didn't even have to talk about it. He was clearly, with his brain and acumen and everything he had going on, he was going to be the number one guy. Coming out of camp, it sounds like this guy is yep. the fucking guy. Yes. Listen to what teammate of his said about Bryce Young, rookie in the NFL, uh, with the Carolina Panthers in the offense as a whole. Uh, you know, the guy, he's got a lot of leadership, a lot of talent. Um, a very intelligent man. I mean, he came in, he learned the offense. I mean, he was giving presentations the other day for protection. So um, that says a lot about a rookie. I mean, I know I, I wasn't doing that as a rookie. And just, I was still struggling with the playbook. And he just came in and mastered it and just continued to put it out on the field and show that. Bradley Bozeman said, I mean, goddamn, the guy's giving us presentations. <laughs> He's a rookie. He just got in the building. Has never played NFL football before, which is different than SEC football. SEC football, great football. Let's yeah. not get crazy. Yep. Right. NFL football, though, you got a lot of time. You got defense coordinators making millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. yeah. with a lot of time and a lot of guys studying film and a lot yeah. of time. And he's just figuring it out. What a weapon. You think they're going to be great this year? Good this year? I don't know how good they're going to be, but from what I done seen, we, all right, Andy is a good quarterback, but Andy, if, if he's smart, like everybody else saying, there's no reason to start Andy. Yeah. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Because he can make all of the plays. He can make all of the throws. He can use his feet. Um, can he pick up the defense? Can he see the heights? It was our question. Is he big enough? That was the main The question. big thing is really the big thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, is his uh, – because it's all fun. It sounds great. He's the number one pick overall, though. He's yeah. got to play. He, he's going to have to play. Of right course now. he's going to have to play. But do you think they're going to end up being good with him playing? Because remember, they won games. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right now, different coach, you know, different strong. coaching staff. Right. Different operation. They somehow get rid of their best player, Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. They get rid of, at the time, Robbie. Yep. That's right. Now chosen. Yep. Anderson. Yep. They get rid of him. So you're like thinking, this team's trying to dump it, dump it, dump it. And then it's like, nah, still pretty good football team. Yeah. Yeah. Fans, very good fan base. Yeah. Now, if they have something to go root for, cheer for, and the future looks bright, good for the fucking band. That division. My, like, if he has, he's obviously got the brain. He's got the, My favorite thing, though, to watch him is like when it's not there and when the play breaks down, he. It feels like he, he his sense in the pocket is unbelievable. Like, and I think that helps him with his size because he rarely ever gets hit hard. Because it feels like he knows exactly where everyone's coming from all the time and is able to avoid and make plays. And that's my favorite part about his game that I've seen. So we put this out on the Instagram, obviously watching him go deep. They're like, that ball's underthrown. That ball's underthrown. It's like, look where the corner is. Yeah, not really. Look where the corner is, and look what would have been catchable anywhere else. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't. Perfect Nobody pass. else can catch that ball. Yeah, that, that is the receiver's ball. Yeah, like sideline. I was reading those comments, and there's some other commenters that were telling these people like. You are just displaying right now that you have no fucking idea what you're talking about with your company. Mm-hmm. No, underthrown, too small. It's like, nope, nope. Actually, complete opposite. That yeah, ball right. was a yeah. dot. Perfect. Dog. Yeah. That is a perfect ball for the yeah. game. And it was kind of coming in like what those old Russ. Yeah. Like it, it was almost like yeah, that yeah. mortar throw that he had. And then you think about what the you know organization did for him. They got him Adam Thielen. That's a veteran wide receiver. Miles yep. Sanders. Yep. He's coming off his best year, and that was with Philly. But still, Hayden very, Hurst. very good. Hayden Hurst. Josh McCown. Yes. Yep. Andy Dalton. What? Frank Reich. What? Are around him. Yeah. Okay. 
Every day, all day. Josh McCown, quarterback coach, Andy Dalton, backup quarterback, fucking might as well be, slash quarterback coach. coach. And then Frank Reich, head coach, offense coordinator, slash quarterback coach. So they got like three quarterback coaches that have how many years? So many. And a lot of faith. A lot of faith in that group. Which is big. shows up on on Saturday night. Oh, for the team dinner prayer? Chapel? Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? You made up that lie that yeah. Yeah, started Jelani getting Woods talked about in local yep. media. Jelani Woods wasn't playing anymore because he didn't. <laughs> he didn't I got bad news out of Colts camp. Bad news out of Colts <laughs> oh, camp. What? It's not about Jonathan Taylor. Oh, okay. It's about a guy that scores touchdowns every time he's on the field. Jelani Woods, six foot seven, tight end of the Indianapolis Colts, supports hamstring. Oh, Come on. Oh. If you fucking seen him, that's a big hamstring. It's yeah. A long. long. Yep. Yeah. That's a long hamstring. It's big. Seven days. He's back. Uh. <laughs> don't know why we didn't play him. Inside info. Man. Why well. do we not play him? I asked people whenever I was at training camp. I'm like, where's the only woods? There's got to be something we ain't seen. That's what I said. I said, why aren't we playing this guy? Why aren't we playing? Two, three different regimes didn't, like, yeah. in one year. Yeah, kept him. Three, three different regimes in one year. Parks, Frazier, uh, Frank. Who uh, else was calling plays? Is there anybody else? Uh, did Saturday maybe, have a? Maybe, I don't know. Whatever. Different regimes. Mm-hmm. Same shit. We go to the red zone. We got a six foot seven guy. You don't. We got a six foot seven guy who can catch the ball every time he's on the field. You don't have anything that can stop that. I was eye to eye with that guy standing on a four foot lift mm-hmm. in my fucking suite after he got a game winner against who? The Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden our team is cruising to number four overall pick. Sure. Obviously playing the most boring football of all time. And we get in the red zone and I just see this big fuck six foot seven jogging off the field. I'm like, what are we, what are we doing? We got Underwood. What? We got Mo Ali Cox, and we got Jelani Woods at tight end. Man, that's like six 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 seven, like six five oh, yeah. or something like that. If we can't figure, it, if Shane Steichen, mm-hmm. here we go, Shane. <laughs> if you can't figure out how to get those big fucks touchdowns in the red zone, mm-hmm. I got no faith in you. I mean, yeah. for the rest of your Colts coaching career, mm-hmm. I got no faith in. You. I think that's why I'm so optimistic about this Colts team because it felt like if there wasn't just abysmal displays of ineptitude. Yes. Seemingly. Yep. On the field. We have a pretty good team. Yeah. Sure. Well, last year you we're gonna beat, quarterback. We're going to beat the Bengals. I mean. We're going to beat the Steelers. Well, what? I mean, we're going to beat the Bills. What? Like years. We beat the Chiefs last year. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Everybody needs to look out. When Jelani Woods gets his hamstring healthy, what, seven days? Mm-hmm. Colts odds probably. You should probably bet on the Colts now. Yep. Okay, when Jelani Woods gets back, look how fucking big he is. You cannot stop him. Yeah, what did that do? I don't know. Won the game. <laughs> Won the game against the Kansas City. Are they good? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Look, we're just staring at each other. They use it as their ticket sales promotion. <laughs> Me and him and I staring at each other. That's right. It was a very awesome moment. That was early in the season. Yes. Beat the Chiefs. Hot start yeah. for the Colts. Jonathan Roof's Taylor open, I think. Happy. Roof's open. I think the roof is open. So that means it's still warm a little bit. Yeah, early in the season. Yeah, it still wasn't a bad more. ball, though. It's Matt Ryan. Yeah, I mean, no offense, Matt Whoa. Ryan. He'll be great on CBS. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's still making $40 million from the Colts anyways. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, what you say. He need to be throwing that ball up here. Every time. We Every those time. Guys. Yeah, but that's up how here. tall he is. doesn't even have to be that high because right here is too tall for most people. Pack, yeah. you're 180 pounds right now. Like the arms. I mean, dude, we should be good. Hey, get healthy, Joy. Yeah, yeah. let's go, baby. And you said, you said Pierce, too? 
Said Pierce was looking great as well. Yeah, Pierce got that deep ball from Anthony Richardson. Yeah. I guess they say if it's in his area, he's catching it. That's kind of the uh, MO of old Pierce around the uh, equipment managers, trainers, and stuff like that. He's also kind of a big son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't really, but like you you go to a game and see him in person, it's like, oh, this guy's fucking big too. So so Quentin's huge. Mm -hmm. Ryan Kelly's huge. I assume our tackles are big. Buckner. Buckner's huge. Buckner's noticeably huge. huge. Jelani Woods, Mo Ali Cox, uh, this Underwood guy who's getting healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I guess he's I, – I did not see him. I, I think he's still kind of coming back from something, or maybe yeah. he was in practice. I didn't see it. They say he's a guy. Mark Pittman's huge. Yes, is huge. Yes. Michael Pittman Jr. Michael, is his name. Excuse me. He's not a Mark. You guys, I saw him getting acupuncture. He's a, he's a Mark for touchdowns. I'm like, yeah, what, this coach training staff doing acupuncture. Yeah. Is that happening in the Bengals? They got everything now. That's yes. next level. Bro, they're doing it. It's not changed from when we was playing, Pat. I walked in there and I see needles in people. I'm like, what the fuck's oh. going on? Right here? Who's doing this? Who's qualified to do this? Wearing geese. And the one guy I know is like, you're a boy. What are you <laughs> What? I'm like, when did you start? <laughs> when did you? Oh, you would have really benefited from this. I'm, yeah. like, I'm not signing up for this, but uh-huh. like, I do appreciate that you guys are doing that. I think they're expecting big year out of Pittman. Big year. Yeah, mm-hmm. this he's, is the one for He's him. flash. He's the flash in there. I mean, he's been good with all these shitty quarterbacks they've had. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some other teams. Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow. Okay? Here we go. This is Boston Connor's segment. Whoa. Wow. I mean, yeah. This is Boston Connor's segment. Thank you. Boston Connor has brought this to my attention numerous times. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the graphic? No. You haven't seen the graphic? Mm. No, I'll send you the graphic. Sends me the graphic. Good. I don't open it within the first 15, 20 minutes. He goes, that graphic's crazy. I'm right? like, haven't seen the graphic. Still, I apologize. I'll look at the graphic. He basically tells me he doesn't understand how I haven't seen the graphic, mm-hmm. how my algorithm hasn't forced it into my eyes, and that the fact that I didn't look at his message to open the graphic, <laughs> I was disrespecting stats from the NFL as a whole. He said, look at the graphic. So literally in front of me, I have to pull up my phone, I open the graphic, I look at it. And I go, God damn. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. Graphic. That is a crazy. Wild. That is a crazy, crazy graphic. Now, we all know Kirk Cousins is the... Uh, quarterback dandy from everybody right now. Yeah, everybody yeah. loves him from the show Quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the most relatable human, I think, to anybody that has not played football that has ever played in the NFL and has been good in the football. And I think a lot of people were wondering, how come this guy that we beloved after we got to learn a little bit more from a behind-the-scenes documentary on Netflix, why does he have this title of this guy that can't perform in a big game? And Kirk in there was like, I, I think I played pretty good in this. <laughs> I got a lot of game balls. <laughs> I, well, I think I, I game every That's single one we really have. I'm sorry. I, mean, I guess we don't win them. It's because primetime games we're playing against good teams. You start looking into his stats, and I love Joe Burrow. Hey, mm-hmm. I love Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. You do. This is not a knock on Joe Burrow. No. This is a, hey, this guy is known to be a fucking killer yeah. in big moments. That, that is what he is. He is a stone-cold killer yes. in big moments. They, they even have that... That video of him in the mm-hmm. snow. Oh, yeah. Turning around. around. Yeah. It's so like, this sick. is the coldest motherfucker in the league. That's what, you know. Yeah. And then Patrick Mahomes, obviously, is like, well, everybody. Yeah. Huh? Take it easy. Mm-hmm. Let's cool it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's right. But this Kirk Cousins guy, oh, that's the nerd who can't win the big one. And then all of a sudden, you start looking at these stats. Somebody puts it on the internet, Clutch Points does. And it's like, yo, huh? Bullshit. Yeah. What? Bullshit. You no. think they're making up stats? Man, listen. Are we going to really compare Joe to Kirk? 
Are I mean, you, that, that is what this what we are not. Is, yeah, if you own the team, which one you want? No, I, 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 first and foremost, if Joe Burrow's better than give Kirk. Me can, we, can we compare them two? Yeah, we are right now. Right now. Pack, man. Yeah. Break the numbers, oh, Pack. Look at, the oh, look at me. Look See, at the numbers, This is buddy. why I saw the graphic and I didn't send it in because that would have been, you're a Steelers fan, you're biased. I'm so glad that you sent it in because oh, he's an unbiased third party and Joe Where's Kirk them been? Where Kirk them been? I can't say Have they, How many playoff games they don't want? No, but that's what, they that's what we're saying. That's but, your, so you're, you're actually you're, you're helping the graphic. Yes, you're helping the graphic. So what this graphic is saying, like, hey, you see that one? 28 points per game allowed. Yeah. Damn it, Kirk. Damn it, Kirk. Yeah. That's kind that's of what people are saying. Yeah. People are saying, like, Kirk continues to get ragged on whenever his team potentially doesn't show Some up. Some people were saying that the Man. Bengals defense scored a 98-yard touchdown when the Ravens were on the goal line last year in the first round of the playoffs. Who's saying? I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I didn't see anybody say Well, it that. happened. I saw it with that my happened. own eyes. Oh, you said that. It what? did happen, though, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. That, but that's what – and no one it's on not this a stage – It's No one on this stage, I don't think – I won't speak for anyone else. I think we all would take Joe Burrow over Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins is better than Joe Burrow. Well, I'm not so saying. I'm only these doing numbers it. and put that shit in the trash. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, look, I didn't, I didn't make the numbers. I didn't write the numbers. I mean, Pac-Man, what, what you see is it's the truth. And, well, and absolutely, Burrow, Burrow steps up in big moments. It's just from this, you can clearly see – Joe Burrow and we love Lou Anarumo. Just Joe Burrow has had more help in his entire you know time with the. That's Bengals what this. As, that is what this graphic. Can I add a line? Says. Joe Burrow. Yeah. Can I add a line to this? He, the first year he had no. He had a receiver. Yeah, he's no a playoff. Yeah. They didn't playoff. make the playoffs. Yeah. Like playoff. I can add a line though. Fucking Joe Burrow line went to a white party, got hurt after going to it. Kirk Cousins didn't go to a white party. Had a fire in his back. Ruben throws great. Party. Yeah. Yes. There's no reason to bring that up. Stretching his calf instead of going to the white party. Oh, oh you don't think they were pulling God. muscles at that place? Oh, you yeah. are out of your oh, damn mind. Yeah, he survived that yeah. party. He got stronger at that party. I'm sure they were wrestling there. Oh, Kirk was reading the Bible wow. behind the fire. Uh, what was Kirk doing? He, Kirk was reading the Bible behind the fire. fire. Yeah. Yeah. Training his brain with his boy. Yeah. Yeah, it ain't how you start, how T- you finish, I guess. TB12 brought Guerrero, and Guerrero what? was on his knees the whole <laughs> night massaging people's calves. So I wouldn't be worried I about don't know that. if Guerrero went to this, but I did see Joe Burrow looking super cool. He did. And that is why he is not only a killer on the field, off the field, seemingly a dog. Yeah. He brought back the part undercut, which I had as a child. Sure. Yeah. And my calyx kind of forced me to potentially do if I grow my hair on. So I appreciate everything. This, this graphic... I don't know what clutch points was trying to say. Hey, you you need to hold this up. You need to right, uh, take this up with clutch points. Aim your yeah. weapon. We are saying we are fans of the way this guy performs. So let's also potentially say, hey, Kirk, good job in those big yeah, games. Yeah, good work, Kirk. Good work in those big games. Yeah. I think that's what people are saying. All now, boats rise tides. Now more games, more wins, more success. For sure. Than this one if we're going to go for sure. sample sizes. Exactly. And everything the, like that. The last uh, – Stat on here is startling, though. I mean, Kirk is getting absolutely no help from his defense. Just, I mean, it's, it is kind. Of, it's like Rodgers. You know, people shit on Rodgers all the time, and say he's a choker in the playoffs. He can't. And then you go look, and it's like the Packers are scoring thirty-five points a game and giving up fifty-two points a game. What was his QBR? One thirty-six point three. This guy can't fucking win. <laughs> this guy stinks. It is such a team sport, though, and we are part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. sports media, kind of social media. Just humans' natural instinct as a whole is a part of the problem and just making it superstars, superstar, superstar, superstar. This is your legacy. How 52 other dudes decide to show up Mm -hmm. and perform Mm -hmm. 
at the same time you have to show up and perform. Now there is something too. Like, you know, like Jordan, Michael. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Like he's, they were going to play good in those big moments. They were. Or, you know, like Jordan would smack him in the mouth. Yeah, right? exactly. If they didn't, like Tom Brady's teammates. Yeah. They're going to play better mm-hmm. because yeah. Tom Brady is going to give a speech well, before the game Ooh. that says your families are remembered. <laughs> your life is remembered. What? Like there's that element too that like I think this guy yeah. certainly has. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Certainly has. Mm-hmm. That Kirk maybe, we don't know. We're mm-hmm. not oh, sure. We know. Pack. Did you watch quarterback? Yeah, I watched quarterback. Okay. He's the better. He's the better. He is. He's not that fucking thing. That's also why quarterbacks are making, you know, why Kirk's making $45 million a year. He's not playing that bad. And then they get beat and everyone's like, this guy fucking sucks. He's just got to take all the bullets. Hey, that's that's part of the job. Exactly. That's quarterback. Well, Kirk, every contract Kirk has have been guaranteed. Oh, yeah. He's got paid really good. Oh, that's my point. Hey, that nerd. He's a great businessman. Great businessman. Yes, business also, great conversation. I mean, good handshake. Good dude. Good convo. No, he knows exactly who he is. Yeah. Yes. Pretty good singer. Was Millie Joe and Not bad. Bobby Jack there? Who's Millie? I'm about sick of you. <laughs> yeah. I thought- <laughs> His body gurus. Okay. Don't don't be making fun of because they're 55, travel- 60 years old. Travel with him? They're good. So people. you did not like Kirk Cousins in this thing. Oh no, I love Kirk. I just no. Kirk I just, with those people was awesome Tony. too. He, I just he went to the yellow pages and looked up chiropractor and was like, well, like mm. well, he probably did. That's Kirk. That's Kirk. Yeah. That's Kirk, baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this was Nick's favorite part. <laughs> Nick's favorite part of it was him attaching his head to things while he was driving. He's getting yeah. better at every moment. Except on Tuesdays. <laughs> which I did not love. I did not love that that was being featured on there. Like, hey, Kirk, if you want to do that, cool. But I don't think he should be giving anybody anything else to judge him on. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I don't think Kirk in NFL films did Kirk any favors there. Yeah. But I do appreciate the fact that throughout the whole thing, Kirk was like, yeah, this is what I am. This is who I am. Yeah, this is what I do. That's literally, this is who I am. His authenticity through that whole thing yes. made me fall in love with him and his family. Mm-hmm. Literally the whole, yeah. whole thing. So, yeah. hey, Kirk. The internet's on your side. Yeah, pulling for him. They're getting your back. Let's go, baby. Pulling for him big time. He'll never win a Super Bowl, but I'm pulling for him. Well, and that is what I'm worried about is he's got this kind of groundswell (laughs) support, and then what happens if the Vikings go 7-10 this year, 6-0? You think Justin Jefferson's going to be on a team that's only going to win six games? Potentially. Their defense fucking sucked last year. I don't think it got much better. They just signed Daniil. Didn't they? Yeah, they did. Oh, he, was, yeah. he was there last year. He was year. great last year, too. Yeah, yeah was, he's well, back in more no, yeah. well, they, they do have Flores. They so. Flores will probably help yeah. a little bit. Lost to Darius Smith. Mm. Bro, you, you like remember Flores. whenever I said, Smith. do you remember when I said, like, uh, not having Dalvin Cook might change the way some defenses yeah, and I got assassinated yeah, for him? You were yeah. burying Justin Jefferson. When yeah, people that. think I, I wasn't a fan of Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Like, what, dude? They, they I fucking love Justin Jefferson. Uh-huh. What are we even talking about? Although NFL Rookie Watch has said that Jordan Addison and Kirk Cousins reportedly have an unbelievable chemistry already yeah. in camp. So Marv that could Payton. be. Are they, are they with? They might be. Yeah. Exactly. Do they have. They might be putting those things on together. Yeah. Like, you know that where people put a cup with a string? Yep. Yeah. And they do this number? Mm-hmm. Exactly. What if they both have those? Cap brain cap things, yep. yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, and that's like a new team chemistry builder, cerebro, yeah, yeah just kind of sending brain frequencies yeah. mm-hmm. to each other. <laughs> Kevin O'Connell, another year in the offense. Yep, Her cousins. His first few weeks said he had no idea what he was doing, had mm-hmm. no idea why things were happening. Even though he's a super a brainiac, he was able to figure it out. I mean, maybe yeah. huh, the NFC North. 
Who's the new Kings? I'm seeing some shit out of Jordan Love. I'm like, ah, I yeah. think the Kings remain the yeah. same. Yeah. Well, no, no. Fact, Let's get to a break. Super Bowl champions already coming from that division, and it's neither of those two teams. That's right. The Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. If you haven't been on the Whoa. freaking Dean Orshofsky's, you know, wagon, <laughs> it's time to wake up and open your eyes, people. We are in Dan wagon season. Yep. Dan Orlovsky is latching his wagon to seven to ten different quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just to see if any of them kind of make it. About week 11, he can go back to a clip and say, I told you. Told you so. Fucking said it. Now, in the moment, he gets a good pop from the local crowd who all thinks they're potentially going to win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Right now, Dan Orlovsky's going to Chicago eating for free everywhere. That's right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Goodell Goodell called him like, hey, how should we judge the MVP this year? get to a break. AJ Hawk will be on the other side. He'll help with that. Michael Lombardi's going to have some takes on Dan Orlovsky and Dan Wagon season. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the rest of this program with Tony Smoke Stewart as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards, me, Pack, Smoke, and there'll be one other card, so I'll be excited to see how we figure out who the fourth is. You already decided that. Who did? Thought you, thought you did. Thought wifey. I thought Sam was rubbing and racing. Yeah. yeah. Alright. I don't know if she... Well, right. well, you said uh, it that Mike front, so I didn't... No, I... I think she was going to get some hot let. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But gotcha. she was. Time yeah. trials. Hey, listen, she wasn't getting in there. I'm 100% in. Please. I think we should do a time trial, though, for the yeah. whole office. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Listen, I'll put smoke into a wall for for Junior. So I think what we should do is. <laughs> What's Junior? Oh, we actually have those lasers. Oh, okay. What we should do is, we, yeah, for the timing of the time trial. Oh, I guess I'll only be the first car. No, we can do. No, it's only one car going. Yeah. It's only one car going. Time trial. We can go. Yeah. Yeah, we should do. We should definitely do time trials. So then yeah. whoever has, hey, my wife will compete in this. So she go. has a chance Practice to win. Happy anniversary. Go. Let's go. Yep. She'll probably win. Let's it. fucking go. Fastest time trial is obviously the fourth card. Right? What is this, yeah. F1? Uh, we should be fun. running heats. We are going to gonna race. There's going to be four racers at some point. Mm-hmm. That last one, though, is going to have to be earned. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Through like a boring that. F1 time trial style. Right. What? Lap. Hot lap or two. Absolutely. Probably three laps. Oh. She'll probably get one more. Uh, two laps. You'll get one lap to get rolling. Yep. Yeah. And then those next two laps Ooh. will count. Yep. Smell me. All right. There we go. To be clear, I do not believe I deserve to be in the race, but I own the property, <laughs> so I'm going to be in it. Yep. Right. Your name's on the car. They put my name on a car. That's, people. Cool. That's sweet. Well, I assume this one's for sale. This this happens. People know that I get a little handy. Stiff you oh. with the bill right afterwards. Yeah, yeah. People know that, like, I used to have a neighbor that just used to roll things by with like four sale signs on my house. Like he'd park it right in front of his house. So it was like my house was just staring at it. Got an all-terrain uh, vehicle that goes in the water. Yep. What? Sweet. In the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought a car off this guy yeah. from his front yard. Motorcycle, right? I got a, I got a motorcycle out of yeah. his front yard. What? He knew. He, he was playing cards against humanity. Yeah. yeah and he got he it. Yep. He, he, he knew. I think this guy got the message loud and clear. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at this one. I got stickers on him. Very <laughs> sweet. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's pause for a second here. Zito did some uh, sleuthing here. This tweet has been deleted, but but it was screenshotted. This is from Dalvin Cook's trainer, Nick Hicks. If Jets fans knew what DC said today in training, they'd be heartbroken. Oh, no. Cry face. Mm, no. This is Dalvin Cook's trainer is what we're saying, and this is real. I believe so. That's from Gumpy. Gumpy, our internet splunker. Sure has found this particular tweet that has since been deleted from Dalvin Cook's trainer. This is all alleged. What? But with that being said, 
Darwin Cook. Darwin Cook. That was happening just yeah. yesterday or two days ago at training camp. He's walking around the sidelines, seemingly in meetings, in training, talking, learning the playbook. What? we got to figure out the business here in a second. Nick Hicks is like, well, today during squats. He was not saying good stuff. <laughs> what happened out here? Don't forget that Gumpy's also part of FinFam. Who oh, really, yeah. really oh, God, well. don't put. Let's get to a break. Now we know what he said. Good point. Also, how come. What'd he say? I mean, I'm sure Nick Hicks or maybe Dalvin had a protein shake before they worked out. So maybe one of them, you know, farted. And I bet Dalvin Cook said, Jesus, it smells just like Jersey in here now. <laughs> That's what he said. He could have. Possible. He could have. Definitely Bob. We will wait to hear mm-hmm. if that is an accurate reading mm-hmm. of what took place. Could be. Yeah. Very possible. And if I'm a Jets fan, that's what I'm pulling for. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it does. As soon as you go in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Not all of Jersey. No. There's no. beautiful parts of Jersey. Not oh, saying good. that. But Jersey people know. They know. And anybody that's ever accidentally driven into Jersey. Yeah. They know. Knows. Roll the windows yeah. up. It smells so fucking bad. We played at the Ruck. We played at Ruckers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Was it terrible every time you played there as well? Horrible. Ter- terrible. We're not not their fault, obviously. No. Piscataway's a shithole. It's not their fault. I mean, just it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Go Knights. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, we're back in five with AJ Hawk. We'll find out if that is an actual real tweet. Was him saying? Was him saying? Yeah. Was him. And wow, the Jets play smells. I don't think I want to play here. Like shit. Could be. You go to Seattle, they're right on that like ocean or whatever. Has, like, oh, yeah. Huge uh-huh. sound. Jimmy Graham was landing on, you know, mm-hmm. you go down to Miami, they got palm trees. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's like, absolutely beautiful. Here in Indianapolis, you got a golf course surrounding it. Yeah. yeah. Practice facilities can be beautiful. The views can be amazing. Mm-hmm. What if it is just such a shitty smell yeah. that Dalvin Cook can't do it? That'd be a shame. We don't know if that's real or not. No, we don't. Just something to think about. Joining us now is a man who is the biggest sandbagger in the history of golf. By what? far. But the reason why that is the case is because I think he likes to remain the uh, like super humble image-looking sure. guy. Sure. Mm. How can you be humble, though, if you're as handsome as this guy is? What? He's currently the president of Ohio. Yeah, that's right. He's a college football national champion. That means at the amateur level. College mm-hmm. went all the way to the mountaintop. Yeah. Saw the sights, saw the scenes, did the party. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Then he got in the NFL, number five overall pick. Whoa. Yeah, really rich. Really well. Old CBA. Yeah. Old yeah. CBA. Yep. Damn. Very wealthy. Then he goes and wins the Super Bowl. Wow. Holy shit. Then he becomes the all-time leading tackler for the right. uh, one of the oldest franchises in the history of professional sports. Unbelievable. All the while, remaining in the Ohio fuck. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Hey, hey. How you doing, AJ? Hey, happy anniversary, man. I saw it. Three years. That's, that's impressive, man. Congrats. Thank you. How long have you and Laura been together? Oh, man. Like oh, yes. 17 Okay, on my anniversary, going to ruin your marriage. Oh, geez. No, no, we have two anniversaries, so they're hard to keep track of anyway. July 29th is one of them, uh, but yeah, that was our first one of them. Okay, well, happy anniversary. Uh, That's when you guys met or got married. Is that the two different anniversaries? No, we went and got married like in a little lawyer's office or whatever, and then we had our scheduled wedding the following spring that we had like all that and had all our friends and everybody there. You would be a guy that would go down to a court 
house yeah. and kind of just get it done. And I appreciate the fact that Laura was there as well. And you guys said, it ain't about us. Let's just have a party. Mm-hmm. I like that. So humble. Even more so. Bingo. You know, okay. I don't need a whole wedding. They don't celebrate need... the split jersey anniversary as well. Yeah, that which was, was what day? That was yep. January. Yeah. January 6th. Good question. January 6th. That's his birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah. January 6th is his birthday. They had that parade in Washington, D.C. a few years ago. Yep. See, that's the thing right there. I don't know if that's what they call it. I don't think it was a parade. It looked like it. Huh? What did old buddy say? Dust up? Dust up. Dust up. Yeah, there was some crazy shit that happened in Washington, D.C. on this guy's birthday. Uh, we're not saying that the two went hand in hand, but that was certainly a good January 7th for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> Found out. Yep. For our world. Hey, January 7th. We hope everybody's safe. Yes. Yes, always. Yes. And hell yeah to American freedom. That's right. Hell yeah. And let's not be storming anything. That's right. Ever again. Let's just let's just go ahead and you know live. Let's just storm the beaches because we're gonna dominate a fucking war. Amen. Oh, I thought you were gonna say like beach volleyball or something like that. I didn't know you were gonna take that all the way to war, but we are not warmongers around here. We hope everybody's okay. We hope everybody remains safe. And happy birthday to you. I'm happy they did that in DC for you then. Let's talk about some things that we've talked about today. Damar Hamlin has been handling being Damar Hamlin and his new celebrity fame and also all eyes on him at all times in a beautiful fashion, I do believe. Did you see his press conference? And what are your thoughts on this guy being back in pads in practicing in the NFL? Like this isn't like uh like the NFL is not easy. Like, making a training camp, not easy. Mm-mm. Okay, not easy, obviously. I'm not saying DeMar Hamlin was ever near not making a training camp in his football life. But I'm saying from being dead on TV yeah. to back in an NFL training camp in this amount of time is just mind-blowing. I don't think I fully wrapped my mind around it. What are your thoughts on it, A.J. Hawk? Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but as far as football goes, I can't ever remember seeing anything like this ever happen before. I mean, guys have come back from crazy things, but the heart thing, watching how – how it was just everywhere, worldwide, not even national. Like, it was everywhere. And I remember, I think we talked about in the show, like, people were saying, oh, I don't know if he's going to play football again. Like, fo- who cares about football right now? Yeah. That was how we were for the longest time. And now for him, though, I saw his presser. It's, it's got to be tough for him. He wants to get back to normal, I would mm-hmm. assume. And it's really hard because everyone wants a piece of him. And he's sitting here like, I get it. But also, I have a pretty tough gig that I have to take care of every single day out here on the field. Joining us now is the man who's the general manager of the team that DeMar Hamlin plays for. He's put together quite a roster that is always in conversation about winning a Super Bowl. How's the pressure? Who cares? You need to perform, and it better be great. Joining us now, a great golfer. Great oh, golfer. yeah. I guess he's a great golfer. Real mm-hmm. stick. I wonder how the golf season went this particular offseason. Joining us now, general manager for the Buffalo Beals. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Bain. Appreciate that, Pat. Hey, I appreciate you, Brandon. I don't know if you see what I just put on the back here just to make you feel a little bit more at home. This is your new stadium that's coming here in a few years, and I've been told, Bean, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to do this immediately upon the conversation. I'm asked about tomorrow, and I'm asked about the team, and all the good stuff you guys got going, and everything like that. I've been told, Bean, okay? I'm not happy about it, and neither are the people. (laughs) These fucking buffaloes are not the size of the ones that are going to be in real life. That's right. I've been told that you guys got little baby buffaloes in real life. Mm -hmm. And on this sketch, these things are almost the size of a stadium. Where is the (laughs) communication being? Are we getting big-ass buffaloes? Or is it going to be little smaller buffaloes out there in real life? 
We're going to get big-ass buffaloes. Yeah. Okay. Huge. All right. Let the buffaloes know, brother. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let the buffaloes know, brother. We got big buffaloes coming to town. That's Hopefully cool. some live ones. How about that? Oh, That's could you awesome. imagine you had them just... Holy <laughs> shit. Like, that was a part of it. Like, your uh, miniature golfing the humans. Mm-hmm. Just, like, buffaloes storming. <laughs> have them lead yeah. you out. Have them lead, them, right. lead the team out of the tunnel. Have, like, five of them like lead the team. Like, Colorado. Yeah, that, that mm-hmm. thing. Ralphie, I believe, is the Ralph. name of the buffalo. Yeah. Anyways, good luck with the new stadium building. We did hear that there was old baby buffaloes and there was, there was buffalonians yeah. that were not happy about it. So I'm happy to hear we got big-ass buffaloes. That's good news. Shit, put it on the ticker. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all over it. Big-ass buffaloes. Okay, thank you. How's the, um, how's the team? How's the vibes? How's the morale? We were just talking about Tamar Hamlin. Obviously, this situation is something AJ just alluded to. We've never seen before. And I was at yeah. the ESPYs uh, two weeks ago, and there were so many video packages. And I got a chance to meet Denny Kellington and the, the entire team there and kind of relive that whole moment that was so... Like scary for I couldn't even imagine knowing him like you guys know him and being yeah. a part of it. But we all had our worst nightmares, and now he's back on the field in pads, seemingly handling it perfectly. I mean, what a situation for Demar Hamlin. What have you seen out of him, or what did you know about him? Maybe that you you thought, and then what do you know about him now after this entire experience? Being, I know he is one courageous dude. Like to go through a near-death experience on the football field, playing this, you know, it's a gladiator sport as we all know it. And to do that at all, much less in front of the whole world. I mean, everybody's been following this story um, ever since it happened all the way to where we're at. And it's, it's going to continue. As I told him when he decided he was definitely coming back, I'm like, you're, you know, your story is yet to be written. And uh, it's just, it's going to be exciting to watch your journey. And, and he's just so positive. Uh, mentally, you know, mentally tough, mentally strong. Everybody's here just supporting him. And yesterday was, you know, is, was awesome in the sense that he's putting pads on. We're lining up, and he's really about to line up in nine on seven and uh, and, and be ready to square dudes up. I mean, I, I'd like to consider myself a tough dude, but that's a tough dude. We were talking about that, how, yeah. like, when I had a knee, any of my knee things, whenever you get back into it, my first fear was like, oh, I'm going to hurt it again. Or there's a little bit of pain, I'm going to hurt it again. There's like a, a mental hurdle yes. that people have to get over after getting injured. And we talked about this in the first hour. It's like, that is a big one. What, just yeah. standard tackle. Yes. Die, de- death happening. Yeah. And then yeah. on the other, just being like, yeah, I'm, next training camp, I'm not missing a day. Like that right. type <laughs> of stuff is unfathomable for my brain. But that's because... You know, I'm one of these baby buffaloes instead of one of the big ass buffaloes <laughs> you're going to put out there. I assume behind uh, the, I assume behind the scenes over there, it's an incredible conversation about everything happening in the building with him. No, it, it is. Everyone knew that yesterday was going to be a big day. It's not. You know, it's it was the biggest hurdle. Yeah, he still got hurdles. We still got to play games and and do more live scrimmage stuff. But just, I mean, literally strapping those pads on that helmet on uh, is is a different feeling. Pads. You know, the first day of pads. You guys know the first day of pads, everybody, you haven't done it since, you know, either, you know, last January, February, depending on when your season ended. And so a lot of guys are nervous and that's just natural. But you're talking about a guy who the last time he had pads on, you know, stuff was being cut off. His life was having to be revived. So super proud of him. Uh, It's a great moment for him, for our team, just the whole country. Uh, to you know, to be excited about his story. We're all celebrating you guys up there for that, and obviously wish him nothing but the best. Yinzer, so uh, <laughs> you remember that tough, tough guy. Going to be a tough guy, Yinzer. For sure. Uh, AJ has a question for you, Bean. 
Brandon, I'm, I was interested in how what's it like as a GM to actually sit there and, and observe and watch practice with all these guys in the roster that you put together. I, I, I was just thinking back in the day, I used to stand by Ted Thompson sometime, the late great GM in Green Bay when I was there, and he would sit there and every play – he just said, okay, oh, easy, easy, okay. And he tried to walk in and almost end every single play before the whistle. Yep. And you get Madwick with all the extracurricular. I wonder what it's like as a GM. It, it's exactly that, exactly what Ted was doing. You're you're looking, and when bodies go down, you're looking to see, is everybody getting up or all the limbs intact, nothing, no trainers running over there. You just, you're happy. Uh, you know, I always walk over to our trainer as soon as practice is over, like, hey, did I miss anything? Because sometimes you got – you know, we run a couple of periods where we, we got guys playing on one field, another, maybe I missed it. But uh, uh, you want to get better out there, but I'm always the happiest when we walk off the field. We didn't lose anybody. Yeah, I think that is probably the fans' mindsets as well as we kind of watch along. That first day of training camp or, or first day of practice, it was like Joe Burrow, Jalen Ramsey, mm-hmm. like names yeah. start going out there. Whenever you yeah. see that, like that just slaps reality right back in your face like, hey, this could happen once we get yeah. back into this. You got you got ninety guys, and so it's going to happen. I mean, we've had a few guys here and there, but uh, yeah, I mean, even we ran a play yesterday. They ran a little trick play, and uh, Josh took a hit, and he goes down, and and it's like, you know, your 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 air goes out, and you're just like, please, you know, that's that's your quarterback. Every team's going to do that for for anybody, much less your starting quarterback. So tell me when he stands. Tell me when he stands. Up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell me when he's looking over there. He's over, and then he's getting up and he's giggling. I'm over there going, "Dude, are you all right? Like, are you are you messing around? Like, don't do that." <laughs> yeah, we need not, <laughs> not to see you in that position ever again. You know, I've told you the last few years that I'd like you to trade Josh Allen to us. I don't want any more. Yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> we got a guy, Anthony Richardson. Okay, I go to training <laughs> yeah. camp. I go to training camp and I watch this practice, and I'm like the rest of the NFL fan base. Like, I see things. I'm like, okay. Oh. We can win this year. Go. Holy shit. And then we're a part of the problem. And we are a part because we have NFL rights. So we show these highlights of these young guys that have never stepped foot on an NFL field before. <laughs> They're wearing yeah. uh, maybe spiders, not even anywhere near pads. They're running one-on-ones with a linebacker who's working on a new technique. <laughs> they end up wide open, and it's like, oh, this guy's going to be – this guy's going to be the next insert name of Hall of Fame football player that played for 20 years at a very high thing. How do you, as a GM, whenever you're figuring out who's going to make your team and not make your team, how do you balance like those highlight moments, like, oh, this guy could fit in in the NFL, versus also like reality of, like, we haven't really seen shit, right? Is that, is that kind of where we're at a training camp right now in your eyes, or has there been enough yeah. to kind of get a good read? Well, I mean, first off, we just put it on pads yesterday. I mean, and before that, there's still – the social media sensation, some clip gets out there that a media member put out there or a fan or whatever. And, and then we, whoever it is. They, and, and then we. It's going to be hard to stop. You're right. It's yeah. one-on-ones. He's got no safety help. Um, you know, whatever the situation is, stuff that doesn't happen. I mean, we don't play. It's not a one-on-one game. I mean, it's there are spots where it's man whip a man, but. Um, there's so much where you got, you know, various helps and, and the defenses, you know, you know, the quarterback standing back there, no pressure on him being able to stand flat footed and deliver a throw. So, Oh, Bean, uh, stop making excuses. Come on. <laughs> I mean, the reality of it. But how do you balance that though? How do you balance like seeing that? And then also like, is the guy good enough to make the team full time? Cause there's only 50. How many, is there more spots now at 53 is still the number? 50, 53. Yeah. We're at 90 man, but you got to cut it to 53 and then 16 back on the practice squad. So no, I mean, you're, you're kind of putting your units together. You're, you're mixing guys up. All right, if this guy's doing well with the threes, let's start putting him with the twos. Is he doing just as well with the twos? If he is, let's keep let's let's get him some reps with the ones. Oh, you know what? 
not not quite as effective as the one. Let's put him back with the twos. You're just trying to figure out where he best belongs. Is he going to be a key backup? Is he better, you know, in the third string as a practice squad? Or is this guy, maybe he's fighting for a starting spot. So you're kind of just moving him up and down. And as long as they continue to answer those bells, you get you get the preseason games. Can they answer the challenge there? Can they back it up? Is it just a, you know, a one-game wonder? All right, can he do it again in game two? So you're just doing the best you can. It's a short window. You you don't get to see every look with them you want, but you're making the best decision you can. How do you, like, in the balance of power of things, talent, skill, buy-in, everything, what about, like, your culture? feels like your culture matters up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels like in Buffalo your culture matters. That's why the Stephon Diggs thing, fucking all of us were like, the hell's going on? Because everybody we talked to up there, you – Coach, what? Poyer, what? Vaughn, what? Micah. Joss, what? Micah, what? Noxie. What? I mean, like, everybody we <laughs> yeah. talk to up there is like, fucking love it here. It's like a family here. We play cards here. We stay here. Yep. Everything. Like the culture you've built, I feel like everybody else would like the bottle. Not that other teams don't have it, but if they, do, everybody's looking for that. How much is that whenever you're kind of evaluating who's going to make your team through training camp? Like we used to be. At least I was because I thought I was going to get cut every single year because I ran my mouth a lot (laughs) and and stuff like that. That's a good mindset, though. You worked your ass off. Scared you were going to get cut every year. I like that mindset. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's enough fear these days of these motherfuckers losing their jobs. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't don't think there's enough of that anywhere. I don't don't think there's enough of that anywhere. But I used to think to myself, like, uh, I'm going to pick up my trash, obviously, because I'm a good human. But also... There's no way I'm going to be the reason why there's some shit on the ground here. Like, those little things that, like, I think some players get paranoid about. Like, oh, they're talking to the kitchen staff. They're talking to the equipment managers. They're talking. Like, how much of that do you have to balance of getting in your building and then also making sure that that doesn't get in? Is that a big part of team evaluation for you? Yeah, it's definitely a big part. It's 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 a tool. It's, it's one of the things you're obviously evaluating how they are on the field, but are they a good teammate? Um, you know, everybody can be a good teammate when you're winning, when things are going well. But yeah. we all know a 17-game season, there's going to be adversity. And our team faced a lot of it last year. And if you're going to get through the ups and downs of a 17-game season, you need team first, guys, guys all in. Um, it's, it's not about me. It's about we. All those slogans out there, that's real. And you're right. How, you, how do they treat the kitchen staff? How do they treat the equipment guys? How do they treat the trainers? How do they treat the security staff? All the people. How do they pick the – Treat the guy that picks him up at the airport. All those people. We talk to every single – and if if we've got an a-hole in here that is is here for himself, you know, the talent's not worth it. It's really not because their true colors are going to shine at the worst moment of the season. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't show up till it shows up. I think it's yeah. another way. It doesn't show up till it shows up or whatever. Yeah. It's, all these cliches are real. Like yeah. The reason why they've yeah. become cliches is because they are – accurate in there and don't ever say a-hole on my show again you're gonna get us canceled all right people are already you need to not do that on this show i'm fucking sick of it It is is, aj go ahead yeah i'm fucking sorry no dump him oh aj go ahead pal brandon uh as far as like once these these preseason games start i guess how does that process work on evaluating players on other teams that could possibly be cut. It's a tough thing to do, and I know every coach will tell every player going into preseason games, hey, every team is watching these games, so if you don't have a spot on this team, someone else could pick you up. That's got to be kind of tough to try to gauge who might get cut, who you could possibly pick up in those couple days. Yeah, the way we do it, AJ, is we we take our pro scouting department, and those guys divide up their teams. I kind of say, hey, you're the GM of X number of teams, and, and we divide them up. They're following these guys all preseason. They're reading clips on them. 
They're watching any games they play, and it's their job. Yeah, they're not worried about the starters. You know, if they're grading the Jets roster, they're not grading Aaron Rodgers or, or Garrett Wilson and those guys. They're grading the backing guys. Who are the guys that could potentially be released that we need to know? And is it an upgrade over, you know, a guy that we have at that same position, especially as injuries happen? You know, right now you might go, the guy wouldn't, you wouldn't put a claim in for him. But if you have a couple of injuries there, you're going, man, this guy's better than the next guy we have on our roster. You want to talk shit on Joe Douglas at all so we can get another Aaron Rodgers soundbite or no? <laughs> I love Joe Douglas. Ah! I love Douglas. Oh. Ah, this guy. Oh. <laughs> Pac-Man has a question for you, Bean. Bean, we, we know how good your team is. You pretty much have your starters if you look at it. Is there uh, any young guys that's done stood out that you can tell us about uh, during this process? Yeah, I mean, uh, a couple of our rookies, you know, have definitely stood out. I would, you know, I would start with Dalton Kincaid. He's had he had a good good spring, uh, good start to camp. Again, another guy that you, you want to see more when guys are being able to press him a little bit more now that we're in pads. And is he going to be able to catch that ball, secure it, taking a hit, you know, things like that. A couple of our linebackers, um, you know, we got Tyrell. We got, you know, we lost Tremaine Edmonds, so we got Tyrell Dodson, you know, who's been here a few years. Terrell Bernard's in his second year. And Balen Spectres in his second year. Those guys are all competing for a middle linebacker. We got some other guys uh, as well, but I would say those guys, uh, you know, we got key eyes on at this point. We've seen a few Kincaid things. Oh, yeah. He's There's been a lot of Kincaid talk. I mean, the rookies kind of get the most amount of chat here early in camp yeah. because everybody either wants to deem them all pro Hall of Fames yep. or bust already. And the Dalton stuff on the internet has been pretty good. Yeah. Well, you as soon as you draft him, you said we're going to see him outside, right? Well, we're going to flex him out. I mean, we, we've actually – it's funny. Yesterday they had him blocking a little bit inside. Just to oh! Bit, but, you know, he's – you know, we'll have him and Knox on the field. You know, you know, we'll run probably more 12 than we've run in the past. But okay. uh, we think he can play the F and the Y. But I would say his first position is the F and, and Dawson's first position be a Y. Explain what the fuck that is. Oh, flexed out, like a flexed out tight end. Right and then a Y is going to be more in line uh, blocker. So yeah. – you know, we'll mix it up some. It's not going to always be the same, but I would say he's best if he's flexed out more of that receiving tight end than that inline blocking tight end. But we're going to work on our, you know, that's one of the things I know that Dalton wants to get better at is his inline blocking. Hey, look at that little break there, huh? You got to feel good about that. Woo. It could look like a go. Oh, yeah. buddy, jump, pack. Get him under control, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked good. Get a little handsy out there. Ty <laughs> Schmidt has a question for you, Bean. Yeah, Brandon, obviously with how good you guys have been over the last several years, like the expectations are always there going into the season. But Pat mentioned it, you know, with all the DeMar stuff and then the dig stuff, which kind of fizzled out and really wasn't a big deal. But – Going into this year, like, have you noticed, has it been a bigger media circus than you guys have ever been around before up there, even with all the expectations? And do you ever worry about, I mean, obviously you have a bunch of veterans at key positions, but do you ever worry about, like, that type of stuff becoming a distraction as you guys are going through camp? You do want to minimize distractions. I don't think the media presence, they've been more for DeMar. You know, the staff stuff was more in June. Um, you know, I think that really, from our standpoint, fizzled out when we went on break. Maybe the national media was still talking about it over the summer, but it wasn't an issue for us internally. We talked we talked through that in June. And so um, I do think there's been some media stuff around tomorrow, rightfully so, as, as we started this show off. But, um, no, you know, last year we had, you know, a lot of the talking heads, a lot of people were crowning us, you know, this is the Super Bowl favorite or whatever. And so, um, you know, you'd rather lay low and just, you know, come out and just play ball and let your work speak for itself. So I don't think there's – I would say this year there's probably less people that, you know, with the AFC East getting as stacked as it is, 
you know, with what the Jets have done, the Dolphins and, and the Patriots have, have made some changes, bringing Bill O'Brien and, and some new players there. So um, I don't think anyone – I don't think it's a, the people are out there, you know, kind of putting the pressure or, or projecting us as that Super Bowl favorite like they were a year ago at this time. Oh, we need to start doing that a little bit. Yeah. 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 No, let's don't. Yeah. Let's don't do that. Still the third yeah. favorite. Not a, lot of people, not a lot of people listen to this, and it doesn't really influence anybody, but we'll at least – we'll scream. Yeah, yeah. for right? sure. We'll scream. Yeah. Buffalo Bills are the Super Bowl. Best what? Right. The NFL. What? Are they going to go perfect this year? Wow. Yeah, probably. I look at their schedule. I don't see a single L. Nope. No. 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 Nope. I think they're favored in every game, actually. 20 nope. points. Yeah. If there's even a close game, that's a loss. Yeah. I mean, that's where the Buffalo Bills are. That's – I'll tell you what, we're hey, part Pat, of the problem. We're part of the problem. Stop being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Not on this show, B. Not on this show. Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Brandon, right now, one of the big things with training camp is these holdouts. And obviously, uh, the Bills aren't a team that's dealing with that. But there are some big, big names. Bosa, Zach Martin. Josh some, Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Uh, some others. But for you, as the GM, what is kind of that process like? Are you reaching out a lot? Or is it kind of similar to if you're negotiating with a free agent where there might not be any talks or negotiations for a little and then you come back and revisit it right, right before you know maybe the first or second preseason game if you're saying if i'm one of the gms of, of those teams yes that has to hold out yeah yeah i think you're um I mean, fortunately we haven't had to deal with that here but um you know i think what you're doing is you're, you're trying to keep the lines of communication maybe you're 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 in disagreement on what the price is or, or what one's looking for the other i think you just you're trying to have as much open dialogue as you can, and hopefully you're putting some kind of deadlines. Hopefully both parties can agree, hey, we've got to come to some consensus because we all know that people react and respond to, to deadlines. And is it game one? Is it to get them in some preseason action? you got to kind of agree on some terms that, hey, by this point, we got to get this resolved. I don't care if we got to stay up all night every night for two or three days, but um, hopefully – and worst case – have the agent fly to you or you fly to them, sit in a room, and, let, and let's knock this out so we can get the player back in you know, in, in uniform. Business is always better done in person. That's why we yeah. got Faith Old Gumpy's coming back to <laughs> yeah. you know, the United States of America. Yeah. So hopefully yeah, right. that'll be the case. But you, I believe you told us that whenever you heard there was potentially some rumblings that Stephon Diggs and the Vikings weren't really great anymore, this is kind of a job of a GM, you kind of poke your head in and say, hey, What's going on over there? Mm. And then there's, you know, some stuff. <laughs> Whenever you guys and Diggs were going through the couple-day, very public, seemingly situation, was there calls? And have you been on the phone with anybody with any of the situations going on in the NFL right now? No. Um, you know, no one called on Diggs. I think people know uh, that, you know, he, he's ours and we wouldn't, even if there was an issue and, and he was never asking to be true. That never came up. I got a great relationship with, with his agent, Adisa Bakari. So it was truly never an issue. It was just more us getting in a room and talking through how, how last season finished and, and getting on the same page. But um, no, with, with the, with the guys right now um, that are out there, we have, we have not, I think if those GMs were interested in, in you know, doing business or they thought, Hey, I'm going to trade this player. Uh, they would definitely reach out. So uh, we just kind of, you know, sit back and let them handle it. And like I said, if they feel like they want to, I'm sure they would start shopping them to teams around the league. Go ahead, AJ. Do you ever get time to relax? Like, when do you have – I guess we just came off your off time, right? I know you're a good golfer, but what is your, your day-to-day during camp, I would imagine, is a 24-hour gig? Like, I don't know, from here on out, you're just in for the long haul, aren't you, until the Super Bowl? Pretty much. I mean, I do play a lot of golf during the summer. Um, How was the season? How were we? Did we suck this year or are we good? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I always do, Pat? 
I get my game and my swing right where I, you know, right where I want it, and then and then we got to put the sticks up. But uh, fortunately, here in Rochester, we're right across the street from Oak Hill, where they played the PGA Championship this year. So uh, snuck over there a couple times uh, the day before camp, and then we had an off day Saturday, and uh, we got one more coming up. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find my way over there. But other than that, yeah, we're just here. We're watching, uh, you know, watching our guys breaking down, you know, our film. And getting guys ready to, uh, you know, start looking at other NFL rosters. All right, fifty thousand dollar donation, charity of your choosing. What do we need that over under to be for that next time you go to Oak Hill? Mm. We, you, hey, listen, we're doing a lot of faith right now, and you, yeah. and, you know, hey, fifty thousand dollars ain't nothing to sneeze at. Eighty. I got the under seventy-two. Thought his handicap yeah. was six. I've heard you're a stick, so you're trying to sandbag us like AJ Hawk right now a little bit. How about we do this? We'll do seventy-nine. Okay. Seventy-nine. We'll donate. 25,000. Better than 79 will donate 50,000. Above it, Brandon Bean donates $2 million. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little pressure. Hey, a little pressure on those. A little pressure. <laughs> That'd be a lot of pressure. No, no. Sorry. So we'll go. You go under 79, 50,000. 79 will be 25,000. Above that, obviously, we just will act like it didn't happen. Nobody will remember this. We'll just kind of move on. I'll be glad to donate if I go over it. How, how much? How much? 25. Wow. wow. That's a compliment. Wow. Beast. Wow. All right, yep. Look at that. That's what deals are made. We're not in person, but we're going to do what we got to do. Tony has a question for you. Uh, Brandon, I was looking at the roster that you built, and you already had a bunch of pass rushers in, in Shaq Lawson and Vaughn and Russo and Epineza, and then you, you add Leonard Floyd, and you even bring in Shane Ray. Like, is that Did you look at your defense, and you said, we need to get better at getting to the, pass, or to the quarterback, or did you just look at every single team in the AFC has a quarterback, and that's how you're going to win games? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it is. Uh, ultimately, when you get to those, you know, if you, we've, we've been fortunate enough. We won the division last few years. We've got into the playoffs. We've made some runs. But, you you know, the further you go, the better those quarterbacks are. And so, obviously, your quarterback's got to play well. But you gotta, you got to affect the other team's quarterback if you're going to get over the top. So, uh, always trying to find different ways to pressure those guys, different, different types of rushers, power, speed, uh, finesse, you know, all those guys that can play, you know, inside, can rush from the outside. So, um, that's, that's it. That's what it is. Just trying to, and also keeping, keeping them fresh as many guys that we can rotate in there. That's just how we, you know, we like to build this defense. I think that's how, you know, it's like weapons on offense, seemingly yep. very deep in the teams that are going and then pass rushers very deep on the teams that are going. It seems to be trends with the way the game is shifting. Is that why this is what football has become? And do you see this being the trend forever? Or is like, like, are we going to get back to like right now, the running back market and, is a big conversation, yeah. obviously. The running back market's a big conversation, but the game has changed than what it was yeah. 10 years ago, 15 years ago. The rules have changed that. Do you think something's cyclical, though, or are you trying to make your team for what football is now, or do you have to project like a change in the game in the future? Because if everybody gets small, you would assume mm-hmm. that what teams are going to do is they're going to get big. Like You would just assume that somebody's going to do that. Do you think about that as, as a whole whenever you're shaping the team, or is that not really cross your mind because it's too much bullshit? No, I think you're always trying to figure out, well, how can you best build your team to give you as, as many advent, advantageous matchups as possible? And the rules, it's more of a, you, you said it, the league is set up more for passing. The rules are set up from pass interference, illegal contact. There's just so many rules that uh, you're going to score more points if you can throw the ball effectively. You do have to be able to run the ball. We don't want to just be a passing team. You're going to play weather games. You're going to play teams that um, are really – good at you know you can't slow down their pass rush unless you can run it so we want to be able to do both but if 
the teams that generally are, are winning the Super Bowl or winning the AFC or NFC championships, they're able to throw the football. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of where we start. Hey, you got a running back situation going on right now, and it's very touchy, and it's not just your team that it probably has eyes on this particular situation that's viewing. It's the entire NFL on precedent and right. what's going on with Naeem Hines. Now, obviously, we love Naeem. He was here in Indy whenever he went to Buffalo. We are very, very pumped up for him. This, what I heard happen to him is so fucking heartbreaking. I, I couldn't even imagine him or you guys with the hopes of what this year would be another year in the system with what takes place yeah. behind the scenes. How's that conversation go with Naeem, his people? What does the future look like with him? And has that been a thorn or something you have to worry about every single day? And how's it going? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, listen, uh, when you have a non-football injury, which is what it is, and you, know, you guys know the rules. Unfortunately, there's certain things you can't you can't do. If you get hurt on those things, it can affect your salary. And so, yeah, we're still working through that. Naheem's scheduled to have surgery here soon. Uh, feel bad for him. He's a great young man. We were excited to get him last year in the trade. And, and he had – you remember the game after DeMar got hurt, he takes the two kickoffs back and – this offseason, you know, we had done a lot of things to incorporate him into the offense. He was obviously still going to be a dual threat oh. as a returner, but uh, Ken Dorsey was very disappointed, uh, you know, like we all were to get that news here a couple of weeks ago. It's just like, geez, we hadn't even started and, and we're losing someone. So it uh, stinks for him, stinks for us, but uh, we'll we'll support him through that and uh, hopefully get him rehabbing here soon once he has surgery. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because, like, that non-football injury thing is we all know about it. Every player knows it. But it's also – it's not just like – now, granted, you're going to be the one that has to make the decision and be the bad guy in the whole yeah. thing, and there's other people that are going to be in it. But, like, the whole league is like, let's watch what precedent we're setting here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, let's, <laughs> let's, let's watch this. It's a tough situation. Like, obviously, we're very sad for Naeem Hines, but also – for you, that is not a fun thing to have to deal with. And after the year that you guys had last year, and obviously yeah. you don't make any excuses, but it was like it's seemingly one thing after another. I guess that's why you get paid the big bucks. I'm fucking happy I'm not you. That's yeah. all. Yeah. So I want to let you know. Good luck this season. We appreciate the hell out of you, man. I appreciate you guys. Always love being on with you. Hey, 79, 25,000. All right. Under 79, we're donating 50. Over 79, you're donating Don't 25. Me. Yep, I'll let you know. I promise you. I'll have, I'll have witnesses. I was about to say, golfing alone. Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. Dan right. Orlovsky did false the math. Yeah. Yeah. He, pen, he, pen, he pencil whipped you? He, he did. Pimp. He did. He did pencil yes, whip he did. Yeah. For charity. Ridiculous. Yeah. Unbelievable. For charity. Oh, oh, that's <laughs> that's unbelievable. to do that for charity. I agree. We don't need any of that. <laughs> not in our world, not in your world. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Bain. Yeah. All right, good luck to him. Yeah. yeah. Hey, he's... he's, he's yeah, he needs to shoot a 73 or yeah. 72. Yeah. He just played there, what, last Saturday? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly what he's going to get. Yes. Well, it's good. We're done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. I did hear about those buffaloes being small, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good thing. <laughs> Loud conversation. Mm-hmm. It was. Are they yeah. going to be there? Do you think they'll even be there when the, when the stadium is built? Well, uh, what they put it in the fucking thing for if they're not. Yeah. Because no one's going to remember four years from uh, now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't remember the buffaloes? Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm thinking they'll remember. Look at how big this fucking thing is. I mean, if they put three giant. I guess That's what? That's really good quality. Statues oh, of those big, those big ass buffalo. I will be impressed. It'd be awesome if you get on top and take pictures too, like you're riding them. All right, this human's about one pencil big. Yep. Wow. All right, so let's go. That's probably like five, seven, eight. Yep. Let's go up to yonder. <laughs> it's like 10, 14, 11, 2. 
<laughs> yeah, just like a f- three and a half three, pencils. Yeah, three yeah. stories. Just get this thing about twenty feet tall. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What's the big be. deal? And they need to. I don't want. And how many? They need fur. Okay, they need fur. They need to be like museum. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, yeah, like a mammoth. <laughs> Just yeah. 20 by 20. What yeah. do we even we need to f- Or just do to... one. Do one that's. Are we trying to win a Super Bowl or not? Yeah. One question. gigantic one that's the size of the stadium, but it's right next to yeah. the outside. No, oh, no. So 60 you're saying, feet tall. You're saying one that's yep. just the size and, of oh, all these. Because you've yeah. seen a Buffalo alone before? Yep. Okay. Because you kind of see right now if the quality of the photo is a little lower, this is kind of like a centipede operation. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. We're the Buffalo Rome together. Oh, no, it is. Someone was having some fun with that, weren't they? No, AJ. Please. You said like the human centipede, the the bill, the buffalo were lined up like that, right? No, no I wasn't no. talking how you were talking. Yeah. Look where their heads, their heads are right by their old caboose. No, yeah, they're, they're, right they're, they're, they're running close to each other. It's the angle. Can you call Bean back? Actually, can you please call Bean back? Can you please call Bean back. We need to talk. Hey, what's the deal here? Someone trying to have some fun with this? <laughs> <laughs> what's with the shenanigans? A giant one. Come on, that were professional operation. <laughs> Hey, we're calling the PR guy. I guess it wasn't Bean's actual number. Uh, Let's see what they answer. Imagine just got walking through. Like, what? We need him back. I mean, he now. should have the answers, too. Yeah, actually, put him That's on. That's the PR guy. <laughs> Tell him we Yeah, PR guy wants to know. Yeah. Who made this? Who did this rendering? It looks awesome. What are you talking about? Some company that got paid probably hundreds of it's thousands amazing. of dollars. Yeah. Some architect put this thing together. Mm-hmm. It right? is going to look Easter awesome. Egg. Yeah. Is it sponsored, or are they just calling it Buffalo Bill Stadium? Not yet. It will be. I'm sure, sure it will be. Because Buffalo Bill Stadium right. is sweet. I was actually going to wish him happy birthday. His birthday was the other day. Oh, yeah. So oh. that's what I was going to I was going to ask him about what this oh. yeah. yeah. Somebody having fun with the rendering. Yeah. They're professional, pal. Jeez Louise. All right. Let's get to a break, shall we? Sure. You mentioned it, not me. I didn't even notice. I was talking about the bug. That's not it. No. You were talking about the South Park episode. Yep. You yeah. said centipede. No, I'm talking about the movie. Sure. Oh, the human the centipede movie. movie. Where, I think I've seen that. Oh, yeah. I've never seen the South Park situation. There's a surgeon, and he uh, basically puts people together, heads and assholes. Yep. And Sews them together. There's a front and a back, like a centipede. South Park just took it to the next level. They had like 50 people. eat a bunch of sushi, and then he was pooping into the person's mouth behind but him. But that was, was actually kind of... a real movie with real people. It was. A couple yes. of them, yeah. A couple sequels, too. Yeah, yeah. two yeah. three, actually. Human Centipede was a movie. It's art. You wouldn't get it. It's art. All right. So be it. I don't How think I breathe. truly get it either, but yeah. From the, the front person. person in front of them. <laughs> they sure. inhale as you so, exhale. So like in this newest avatar, old Cuz mm-hmm. swims in the mouth of Cuz. Yep. And then mm-hmm. he attaches his thing to the thing. In the whale. Is that what they were doing in the thing? Yep. Something similar. Is that how they were <laughs> yeah. able to breathe? Well, I think you can still breathe out of your nose. When you're in somebody's uh, butt, butt, no, butthole? No, I, I think your mouth is just like sewn onto someone's butthole, and then I think you can yeah. still breathe. That's what it was? Yeah, it's not airtight, though. Like, you could still breathe out your nose, probably. Yeah, you're still alive. That's a disgusting movie. Hold Who up. made that? Why, why is that person Is that person still the walking guy. these streets? Real guy so. did it. That's like the Saw person. We need to keep an eye on that person. They got a new one coming out, actually. Saw 10. I'm yeah. thinking of that stuff. What's going on? Who's, you know? Who, Good question. Is everything okay? Look, definitely not. I saw Saw. That's like the only horror film I've really gotten into or watched. The first one? Yeah. So good. I don't play a game. And then as soon as you leave there, you're like, all right, I'm going to be scared to fucking death, I guess. This is the only scary movie I'm going to ever watch. And then a couple days pass. You may take some vitamins. You're like, who thought of all that? Who's the person... What's wrong with them? Yeah, oh, they got exactly. Saw 16 coming out. Yeah. This guy just never had a never-ending supply of ways to kill people yep. and torture people. Mm-hmm. Let's keep a fucking eye on that yeah. guy. First one, I believe, is from a college psychology class where like 
college kids came up oh. with the idea, and then it was bought, and they made the movie based on what they kind of did in that class. AJ, you would abused you would have abused being a jail officer oh. in that oh. college Stanford experiment. prison experiment. Oh, no, that's my. not me. I'm you, not into that. I was talking to somebody the other night about that. I was never the guy that went. Oh, I can't wait till I'm a I'm a vet so I can haze these young guys. I was never. I never wanted anything to do with yeah, school. but. Okay. Seven days, fourteen days in, you wearing that badge, you get yeah. a little power on. Oh you. yeah, you get a little, I'd That's be over possible. there. I'd it's be possible. The, I watched it. Swinging that I'd be in the prisoner suit, and I'd be like, "You're a toxic piece of shit." And you're like, What's that? Boom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Going to solitary. That's what you would do. I think you would yeah, put put your hands. Up. I'd have you put your hands up on the bar, and I'd blast you with my baton. Thank God it's Whoa. I thought you were going to say. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to talk about Whoa. AAA. Uh, yeah. yeah. Front of you, front oh. of See, look at you guys. You're so toxic. I never would have thought anything like that. Let's get to a break. We're going to just talk about a movie that you brought up that is... Yep. No one's doing anything like that. Somebody thought of the movie. So I'm sure there's others that are thinking of things. Absolutely. Like that. I could help. It's fun being creative on things like that. So you're a part of the problem. So you're, oh, so, you yeah. okay. so you're yeah. one of the guys. Yeah. Yep. Just like we've been you saying. Gotta, you got to think outside the box sometimes. You can't just sure. sit in your little bubble. Uh-huh. I do. That is what I do. No, I'm known for doing that. Just staying in my bubble. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. It's a pretty cool little spot. And then I hear about things. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh-huh. I often wonder. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? One day I'll dive into the world of these people who are dreaming and fantasizing mm-hmm. about sewing Sewing lips to buttholes. Yep. Yeah. And so much so that they're making movies and doing this. Yeah. Three of them. So that they can see people actually do it. Mm-hmm. It freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. It's crazy. It's good art, though. Hey, thanks for doing it. That's right. <laughs> movies. They probably won an award. They win award. No. Uh, no, 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 no. Maybe a, uh, a Razzie. The one maybe? that LeBron won for worst movie. Yeah, it was a Razzie. What was that? Space Jam was Space Jam. not yeah. that bad. Well, well especially won, in comparison the to his school. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. What? They're promising, but I don't know what they're promising, those kids. Not math. Yeah. They're certainly experiencing a much better life than they would. Yeah. Absolutely. For okay, sure. So we need to make sure that is understood. Right. Yeah. Dirtbags. But boy, oh boy. I mean, the kids aren't pissed. It's the school district that's saying, hey, we're giving you all this fucking funding, and these goddamn kids haven't <laughs> passed a test in three years, okay? So what are you promising? Well, you know, COVID changed schooling. Yeah, yeah it did. It did. did. Yeah. COVID changed schooling. But it is alarming. When I saw that, that was the most recent update about all those schools yeah. in Akron. Mm-hmm. Seemed like a great idea. Yeah. I love it. You're relying on a lot of people, though, to execute that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a lot of people to execute that. Yeah. They're going to have to change those people out, I think. I think they can, they're, sure. they're reading well. Yeah, we only learned about math. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Wait till you see the fucking chemistry scores. Okay. <laughs> Through the roof. Exactly. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, you know, maybe points fingers elsewhere. <laughs> so the math teachers there are terrible. Yeah. Yes. Two of them. Yeah. Okay, you should see them read. Right. Yep. Speak. What? Ball. What? And significant figures in chemistry. Exactly. <laughs> so good at sig figs. So many sig figs out there. You don't even know what that is, AJ. I do not. Oh, what an embarrassment. Explain it to me. Can you explain it to me? <laughs> oh, that would be one I don't think I'd be able to pull out. I do know it's the amount of numbers in something being equal to something else in a chemistry equation. Oh, I think. True. Significant figures. Well, I numbers. Right next. I believe I'm on there. If you're talking Pythagorean, I could get you through that one. Hey, oh, man. yeah. A and B, man. That's C there. Yeah. You know Both. what I mean? A squared. Just like every square is a rectangle. Boom. That's right. 
but no rectangle is a square. Bingo. Think about that. See if you can pass the fucking test. <laughs> That is AJ Hawk, a man who has never ever put his hand in for a team on me, team on three, one, two, three, no, team. team. Not once. Right That's false. That's false. It's documented. You know that. Nope. And when Wiz Khalifa said, put your hands up, you know, you, yeah, you, you, oh, yeah. you actually <laughs> you took them and put them the other yeah. direction. Trying to hold my hands down. Pull that picture too. up. Now you flick Pull them that off. picture up, fellas. Pull the picture up. My hands are higher than everybody's. That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you say this. Because we have the picture, but someone, you guys deleted that no. thing from the It doesn't exist. Yeah. We have that Sam picture, <laughs> but you guys deleted it. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're speaking English. Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying makes <laughs> we sense. We did have Fool. it. The picture was here, and all of a sudden, you guys see it, and you saw the proof, and you said, oh, okay, we're going to make this disappear as fast as we can. Oh, you said it didn't fit our narrative, so we said that needs to go? What do you think? We're old Precisely. Twitter? You think we're old Twitter? No, we're not. What do you think? We are not, okay? We are We are now all in on How do we feel about the X? Yeah. Uh, throw the X uh, up. How do we throw about it? Throw the X up. Huh? What does that mean? Repose. What does it mean? It means X. Dude. It means X, dude. Whenever you have a variable that needs to change, it's X. And the change could be anything. That's what this app is going to be. X is going to be a social media platform. Oh, okay. What? It's going to be a, uh, a crypto arena. It's right. going to be a video home. It's right. going to be a shopping place. Right. It's going right. to be a banking place. Yep. It's all going to be the same because the X can change. You know, the X is this. Yeah, the X is exactly. This, the X is this, the X is that. AJ's problem is every time he tries to go to X now, he auto populates to xvideos.com and it just keeps going there and mm-hmm. is that a big wet butts reference uh we have okay, a we know you know we have a little bit of an issue popping off of lombo right now <laughs> oh, no. uh, that's happening in my ear i just oh. want to let everybody know that what in happened? ears is probably what this guy's been looking at whenever he goes to the x app or whatever <laughs> how about him going what? down on his phone search and just putting x in there to find oh. the app and then what's popping up on pages? Oh, 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 no. Twitter shows up. You can still type up Twitter. It'll pop up. Not for long, buddy. That thing, the, Twitter and X were battling on my phone Yep. for a while. Big time. Yeah. You know, it was the blue with the X underneath it. And then all of a sudden, I think Twitter came back for a couple moments. Mm-hmm. And then if yep. you open the app, they had Twitter and tw- uh, Twitter blue and tweet and everything. They changed that today. Now it's just the word post. Yeah, post and repost. Is that not the most boring oh. fucking answer we could have had? Can't have it. A post? Yeah. Would I get a name for it, Elon? It's ridiculous. At least been his host. Bingo. That'd be mm-hmm. cool. That would have been great. Or an X post. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. It's a little creativity. A post. Put an X on. Repost. I don't like it. Neither do I. Because you post on IG. But the X is pretty cool, though. I mean, X is sweet. Cool. I like the logo. Cool. It's sleek. It's marks pre- the spot. It is a pretty cool X. I don't like that they're getting rid of the, uh, the uh, light version of it. Me neither. Yeah. Did you hear about that, AJ? Light mode. I did not. What do you mean? Yeah, all the psychopaths that use the dark mode mm-hmm. that just like to live oh. in a dark screen their yeah. entire lives. Yeah, I don't I don't like doing that. Me no, neither. No, no, no. I, I'm okay with using now. We are in the minority though. I wanna let you know. Like yep. right now, uh-huh. there's gonna be people that are gonna I mean, standard, but there's gonna be people <laughs> that are gonna attack me right now for not understanding night mode. I, I don't understand it. It was a completely different app. Like Twitter is uh, obviously the lighter version. That is what Twitter was. And then to have it be pitch black and it saves your eyes, it's like, okay. Yeah, but you can you can take the brightness down mm-hmm. if you need to. Yep. Like, you don't exactly. need to change it, everything to all black and feel like, you know, it's, just don't it's be two a in baby. the morning. Well, well yeah, I mean, I just mean, turn it off. If your eyes are hurting because you're looking at Twitter too much, maybe you should just shut it down for a little bit, bud. There's some people that love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not love only it, But if your Twitter. eyes are hurting... 
turn it off instead of going dark mode. So it's not because your eyes are hurting why you went dark mode. You just like how it's sleek. I, I just like the look of it. Yeah, and it's right. like you can do dark mode for multiple different apps. So once, you, like my notes section, for instance, that is also in you're writing on a black, black piece of paper. Oh, black? Mm-hmm. What yeah, white we- letters. Yeah. Using chalk in there? What? Are yeah, we basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. Chalk. Right on cement. Yeah, exactly. I, I sorry. Sue me. I like to be a kid. That is a childish decision. Hmm. You're yeah. right. Now that we talk about totally it, I enjoy it. But allegedly, we won't have the decision anymore. Allegedly, it's not even going to be a thing. Yeah. Or maybe what time does us- kick on tonight, Mo? What's that? What time does it kick on like that? Oh, always. I don't know. It's allegedly about to happen. Who knows? Oh, the whole time. Yeah, the whole. Mm-hmm. It's going to be. That's yeah. what the app is. Yep. It's going to be that. Joining us now is a man who might have more answers. <laughs> Seemingly has the answers to everything. The guy has had every single job in football, every single job in sports media, what? and every single job in writing. Yeah. What? Absolute weapon of a human in ATV, old terrain. P. Paisano. Yep. Yeah. Michael Lombardi. Yeah. Thank you, Pat. I have no answer. I have no answer for that question you just asked me. I have no idea, but I would like to say before we start, I was impressed with Pac-Man's forty. That was pretty. That was pretty special. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, was, that. That was impressive. I mean, I've seen a lot of forties in my day. Some good, some bad, but that was really good. Hey, you're scouting. This is what Lombo does. I got a chance to chat with him during the break a little bit, and he mentioned <laughs> uh, he mentioned um, an internet. Uh, like golf group that I Bob I, does sports. Bob does sports. He he mentioned it and he said, "Hey, have you seen these guys? They're awesome." Is what Lombo said. And then he gave me a scouting report. <laughs> like he literally was like, "They got this. They got this. They kind of like this every once in a while. They have a tendency <laughs> to do this, but they also got this. I think this is going to happen for them." And I'm like, "Damn! Like you're breaking things down like from a scouting department brain at all times." And you said, "Yeah, that's how I think," or whatever. So I couldn't even fathom you watching him at the age of 40 run a four-five-one and just start piecing things together on what his body does, what other people <laughs> don't. Yeah. That's a th- fantastic thing to think about with your brain. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of how I was trained. So you always think strengths, weaknesses, what can you do better? How can you make it better? You know, and, and watching him run at his age, that was impressive. I mean, Tyrell, T.O. did the same thing. I mean, there's some guys that – I think people confuse the 40 time for a, a drill that just explains uh, speed, right? But it's really a conditioning, too. You know, I'm sure Pac-Man will agree. You got to be in good shape to run a good 40. You just can't go out and just not be in good shape. You've got to be a well-conditioned athlete. He pulled his hammy. Yeah, for the record, <laughs> he, did. he did. Yeah, I did. Twice ran two 40s. Twice, yep. <laughs> pulled two hammies. So yeah. I think that's what you're talking about too, because a lot of guys pull their hammies on yeah. 40s. To your point, it's like, well, that probably says something a little bit bigger about the whole story and everything like that. I guess whenever you're trying to piece together an NFL football team, you have to look at everything. Let's talk about that. You've been in positions that Bean, who was on our show before, and 31 other guys are currently yep. sitting in during this training camp. What are these first couple of days about, and what have you learned from following along with 30? two NFL teams that has kind of surprised you thus far in training camp, Mike? Well, I, I think you can't overjudge this, right? I think it's I think these kids are learning how to practice. That's the most important thing. How to practice without getting hurt. You know, during the regular season, when you go out to Wednesday or Thursday's practice, you never worry about injury. But at training camp, all you worry about is injury. And I think partly is because there's not enough time spent on how to practice and how to stay off the ground and how to not be, you know, uh, going a thousand miles an hour against your teammate as just doing the technique the right way. So I think that's really important. And, you know, you just don't want to overreact this time of the year. Some, I think when you learn what to do, you play faster. 
right? When you are confident in what you're doing, you'll play way faster. And sometimes players are just not confident in what they're doing, so they play slower right now. And I think it's too premature. I think the one thing all 31 teams need to do is this. I, I think there's five or six guys on every team, all 32 teams, that right now are not ready to play. But by November and December, they need to be ready to play. They need to make an impact on their team. And it's the job of the coaches to get them ready to fill that role. That's the one thing Walsh was so good at. We drafted Charles Haley in 86. He told Bill McPherson, he said, look, Bill, I don't want to teach him the playbook. I, I don't care about him learning the George Seifert's defense. I want him to rush, and I want him to be able to be a great rusher. So all the time is spent. And I, and I that, that always stayed in my mind. And there's two or three guys every year that you better get ready to help your team win in December that aren't ready right now. Well, Bill McPherson, too, that guy. Oh, man. You tell him to do something, he's going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. So those yeah. guys are ready by November for sure. Yeah. I, I, they didn't know the defense a lick, but they could certainly get to the passer, and that's what Bill did. You know, yeah. whenever Bill got his hands on a guy, he'd really make things happen. But I appreciate that insight because I never even thought of that, really. There's some guys that you know they have the talent to be NFL guys. Right now, though, they have no fucking clue what they're doing. They might not look right. great in training camp in some different reps, but – we do need them for a specific assignment at some point. We're going to need them. Let's start getting them ready for that now, as opposed to yeah, waiting right. until week six, week seven, when we're like, you know, week 13, week 14, we're probably going to need a pass rusher if somebody goes down. Start right now. I didn't even think about that. That's like the chess shit that you guys all have yeah, to do that I would never be a GM because of. Uh, well, I think you have to look at their schedule too, right? And you know if you're New England, you're playing Buffalo twice. you got to be able to – to have guys that can cover, you got tack. You know, there's certain things you got to do. You haven't been able to beat Buffalo since the win game, so you got to prepare your team. And, and I think that's every team in the league. You you know there's an obstacle that awaits you that you've got to get over, and you got to prepare your team for it. And you can't prepare your team the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday before the season starts. You got to start that in training camp. So if you're playing Philadelphia this year with Jalen Hurts in the six back offense. You, if you think you're going to get ready for them the week you play them, you're crazy. That's why they scored 204 points in the second quarter. People weren't used to them. They got too much speed. You got to get ready for them now, and so you got to practice that. That's part of training camp. You got that's what you're doing at training camp. You're getting your team ready for the season and ready for the opponent. Are you li- you listing off the points they scored? Like I actually had this conversation with Steichen. Right, I was like. Hey, what's I just trying to learn about him as a human, how his brain works? I'm like, do you have a number in mind that your offense has to get to every single game? He's like, yes, yeah, I do. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I just hit on something there. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I just, yeah. I, I felt like, oh, all right, good start to a car. I feel like I'm going to learn some stuff here. Then he started breaking down, you know, the Eagles last year were number two. I think they averaged 29.4 points a game last year or whatever. Obviously, you're going to win a shit ton of yeah. games. You yeah. average 30, it's like historic, yeah. elite level scoring. 28 is obviously a great goal for teams 24 you're probably going to win a lot of games if your defense is doing its thing but just trying to get to that number every game seems like the most basic form of trying to win but that is a seemingly a great strategy as well Pison. right right and you used the right word there strategy so one of the things the eagles did and then they go back to the walsh theory everybody thinks the west coast offense are these plays right which is true bingo cross you know Hank, all these plays, but it's really more of a strategy. So what the Eagles did and what the Chiefs did and what has always happened over the course of Super Bowl champions, with the exception of a few times, is the teams that lead in first half point differential are the teams that win. 
that go to the Super Bowl. And the Eagles were number one. The Chiefs were number two. Having a 10-point lead at halftime is the most critical. So the West Coast offense philosophy is we're going to throw to get the lead, and then we're going to run to keep the lead. And so what you want to do at halftime is you're in a mad dash to lead the game at halftime. And that's why the Eagles were so hard to defend. They got this huge lead with their second quarter production, and now you're playing from behind. So, A.J., think about that. You're the linebacker. You're calling the defense. You're down 10 points in the, in the third quarter. You make one bad call. You have blitz zero that you don't hit, and now it's a 17-point game. The game's over. Yeah. So you cautiously play that, whereas if you're up by 10 in the third quarter, you go after the quarterback, and maybe you get him, maybe you don't, but you're still in the lead. That mentality is what really is the game today, and that's what the Eagles and Chiefs do so well. Yeah, so I should have asked a better question. You know, mm-hmm. whenever he was talking about points, maybe he was thinking like, yeah, overall points definitely matter, yeah. you loser. But if he's not, <laughs> yeah. First half, though, we need to have like 17. We need to be at 17 points yeah. in the first half, and then we kind of go. And that's I, I love hearing that type of stuff because there's just so many levels to it all that my dumb ass could never really piece together. AJ obviously has something for you, Paisan. Lombard, yep. let's say you were uh, you're Brandon Bean and you were the GM of the Buffalo Bills right now. We just had him on, and he didn't he didn't really say too much about it with Naeem Hines' situation. He has the non football injury, unfortunately, on a jet ski, and actually sounds like he got hit from somebody else. How do front yeah. offices tend to de- deal with these things when you don't technically don't have to pay them? Well, I mean, you have to be classy about it, and you know, whatever you do for one, you got to do for all. You know, you just can't like line item and just say, okay, this is what we're doing. And does it matter how they got hurt, Lombard? Sorry, it does matter, matter how, how you got hurt. Field, it, like if it was a it motorcycle accident or something else. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to be smart and you got to educate the players. Like, look, you, you got to make sure they understand that this NFI list is not good for them, right? Because we can control your salary. So, you know, Heinz is sitting there on a jet ski, which is not a good thing to be sitting on, especially when your livelihood is dependent upon your health, right? Because you get thrown from a jet ski. So, I think this is really – this is what worries you the whole offseason, AJ, is the players doing something that they do in normal life, but they don't understand that they they don't have a normal life right now. Until their career's over, it's not normal. Yeah, so they've got to protect their body. You know, that's the thing. Like, you get to be in the NFL. Yeah. I, I think in Naeem Hines is not doing anything that anybody else isn't doing, being on a jet ski. Yeah. But, damn, when catastrophe happens, you know, yeah. it's, it's – uh, you like that's a real feel. like I told Bean I'm very happy I'm not in your situation because it's not only he's got precedent now for his team like other NFL teams are also watching this all take place like hey this is kind of something that we've negotiated here this is a whole CBA it's a yeah. it's a big big deal I saw a lot of people saying you know like uh, they better pay him his whole contract and everything like that I I assume Naeem isn't even expecting that with right. the way it is but like there is a way to handle it I think without you know. I think still being classy. Is that what you're saying as well? Yeah, I, th- I think you got to be s- sympathetic to it, and, and you got to understand it because I mean you can't you can't the salary cap forces you to have a little bit of a harder edge, but because every dollar that you give him is coming off the cap, and when you don't have to give him a dollar, right? And so, but there is some human element here that has to take place, <laughs> and it yeah. and you've got to be able to handle that, and I think it's really important that you do it the right way, and that you have a kind of a a standard of operating procedure that it comes to this because you know you're going to use this as an example every team is going to show Naheem Hines's picture up on their first team meeting and say here's what happened you can't you guys can't do this you're professional athletes you can't risk this in your life or else it's going to could cost you your career yeah yeah that is normally uh 
you know, the MO, the modus operandi, mm-hmm. which uh, we knew that is, he's different everywhere. What will Bean do? He seems like he had empathy to the situation when he was talking to us. For sure. I guess his agent's like, yeah. Yeah, I heard you talking about yeah. Speaking of agent. Yeah, but, you know, the, your owner's got to get involved here, too, right? So your owner's got to, you know, he's got to sign off on it, too, right? Because it's his coin that you're giving away. And right? she, she just came back right from her, I think it's her first She just came yeah. back. Yeah, she was back. with. It was a big day in Buffalo yesterday with Terry Pagula back, in the, you know, from her tragic, uh, I think she had a stroke. Her daughter saved her life, which was incredible. And then Hamlin walking on that field for the first time. I mean, that's a power. That was a powerful time in Buffalo yesterday. Just yesterday in Buffalo, obviously, super powerful, positive way. But think about what they've gone through off mm-hmm. the field, like the Naeem Hines thing being added to a list of like off field yep. stuff that yeah. they've had to kind of battle with is like wild to think. I think it makes your team stronger, though. I think it makes yeah, your team stronger. It, it does. Let's move to a topic that's very, uh, very close to my heart here. Lombo. Mm-hmm. And we did yes, change sir. the background here. I know this is a place close to your heart. Obviously, it's the Jersey Shore here. Is this <laughs> familiar? Love it. Is this that's where Ocean bo- City. Yeah, that, that's the Flanders Hotel right there. That Yeah, absolutely. Right in front of that hotel, every kid in Ocean City learned how to swim. We had a saltwater pool there. It was incredible. Yeah, that's that's Ocean City at its finest. No out. It's the wettest, driest town in the world. You can't buy a drink here, but man, there's a lot of drinking going on. Here. A lot of boats <laughs> out there. Glory <laughs> days. Well, I love it. I love it. You had a good time we'll out singing, here. We'll be singing that on uh, April, August 18th. I'll be singing those glory days right there at, at, at Philly Stadium, right? Citizen Bank. He'll be coming back. You know, that oh. one-hit wonder will be coming back. Oh. I kept, every time I saw pictures of Springsteen over in Europe with 100,000 people, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, one-hit wonder. That idiot. Where is he on Twitter now? So what happened, just so we can relive the story here, you're obviously a massive Bruce Springsteen fan. Not as big of a fan as Michael Cole of the WWE, mm-hmm. who has been to like over 100 or 1,000 of the of Springsteen shows. Somebody tweeted that had some sort of notoriety that Springsteen only had one hit. He didn't understand why people <laughs> mattered. And you've held this against this person. Yep. This is like yep. two, three years now. Yeah. Who was yeah, this person, yeah. and have you ever met them? I, I forget. I forget forget who the hell he was because why would i remember somebody so idiotic (laughs) why would i why would i spend time worrying about that it just to me is like you know when you go to youtube and you see something powerful you know there's ten thousand thumbs up and then there's still 200 people that put thumbs down like you just like is there no making everybody happy like seriously whatever happened to that well if the boss can't Nobody else can. Yeah, right. can. You know, That's the boss right. can. Who can? Uh, speaking of making people happy, the boss here isn't in Indianapolis uh, because of how he's handling publicly <laughs> the Jonathan Taylor situation. While Jonathan yeah. Taylor's agent, who I uh, I don't necessarily understand the strategy behind mm-hmm. his operations as well, but I assume he has some goal or strategy in mind to make this thing all happen. And allegedly there's interest growing around the league to trade for Jonathan Taylor, although Jim Mercer has publicly said, we ain't trade him now or October, brother. Mm-hmm. That ain't happening. So with Jonathan Taylor, his agent, Jim Mercer, feeling as if he is the voice of the NFL now, which is why I assume he put out that tweet about running backs and new CBAs and negotiations, and everybody said, oh, this is him taking a shot at Jonathan Taylor, when I assume Jim Irsay was just talking as a whole, but certainly involving Jonathan Taylor in that conversation. How do you feel this works out, and what are your thoughts on the point uh, that we're at right now with this whole thing? Because he is the only person, I was at training camp, 
He's the only person that has not bought in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. New coach, yeah. what? new quarterback, what? new building, what? new everything pretty much. New vibes. Everybody's kind of all in. Anthony Richardson, it's hard not to. You watch him, you're like, yeah. all right, we got okay. a fucking guy here who can do it. Yeah. He's the only one that is hoodie up, standoffish, not talking to anybody. It's not good. It's toxic. Yeah. And if he's saying I'm not trading him, how do they get through this situation? How do you build a team with it happening? I don't Well, I I think there's two. First of all, April 19th, he issued a statement saying he put a pen to paper. He's all in. He's a Colt. He understood what he did when he signed that contract. And then he changed agents. And now this agent has convinced him that this scorched earth mentality, this putting a a kind of a, a face that looks like he's so unhappy that he's been treated so poorly. Uh, that it's going to get them somewhere. You got to understand in every negotiation who you're dealing with, right? You need a scouting report on everybody, right? It's like when Jesse Bates last year said, you know, he's going to hold, he's going to, you know, do whatever he could do. You're dealing with Mike Brown, just so you understand that, Jesse. Like Mike Brown, don't budge. Okay. Well, now you're dealing with Jim Irsay, who's the the crazy uncle at everybody's Thanksgiving table, who kind of says whatever the hell he says, right? You know, it's like, oh, that's Uncle Joe, you know, that's Uncle Jim, you know, whatever he does, right? You're dealing with this guy. And if you're negotiating against Ursay, you know that whatever he says, he's not going to change his mind. He's worried. He said it for a reason. So if you can't go directly, this tactic isn't going to work. Now, for me, if I were Chris Ballard, here's what I would do. I would tell Jonathan Taylor, your treatment's from 6 to 8. You come in the building at 6, you get treatment from 6 to 8, you go back home. We don't want you around the team. We just want you to get better. I don't want your attitude surfacing anywhere because it's what we call the law of threes in leadership. There's three groups of people on every team. There's people in group one that will do anything you want them to do. There's people in group two who are undecided. And then there's people in group three that you can't make happy. Taylor happens to be in group three. He's the only player on the Colts in group three. So what Steichen needs to do is focus strictly on people in group one and then just outcast the other guy and ignore him because he's he's got his career. He's listening to an idiot. He's listening to his agent, right? And that's not a smart thing to do. There's smart agents and there's dumb agents, just like any profession. Wow. This tactic isn't smart. Because let's face it, you're dealing with Uncle Jim. Uncle Jim Irsay ain't going to budge. Yeah, so like I don't know the agent well enough. It seems like he's kind of new to like make a – I mean, there's some stuff coming up. Like obviously we're learning a lot about this yeah. guy quickly mm-hmm. here. But he certainly has won Jonathan Taylor ever because to your point, April 19th, I'm all good. Still friends with everybody in the building. Still friends mm-hmm. friendly yeah. with everybody in the building. And then all of a sudden training camp. Not talking to him. Like, mm, right. That's a wild thing to happen. So this guy got to be a great talker. So that's one part of doing business. I think just pissing off one thirty second of who you're going to have to do business with if you're going to be a football agent is certainly an interesting tactic. And maybe it'll work out in the end in this whole thing. But like, I Shane Steichen's got to be just fuck, like, how am I supposed to fucking? Yeah. What do we? I, I, what am I? I supposed would tell to? Shane just ignore it. Don't even worry about it. Look, here's the other thing. I think this agent who's so experienced, he knows everything, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to take on somebody else's problems. Like, I'm shocked that this rumor comes out today. There's a lot of interest in trading for Jonathan Taylor. Okay, the, maybe that might be true. I doubt it because who wants to a give up a draft pick, then give up a ton of money, and then deal with a guy who looks like who's who's behaving poorly? Like, nobody wants somebody else's problem. Nobody just volunteers and says, I'll take all your problems over here. You know, they got enough of their own. 
So, like, good player. you got to put things in perspective. Hey, he's, he's a, a great good, player. He's a good but player. The, now, last year he was not, Jim, I will say. Yeah, last year, good, yeah. But what Jim said is true. Look, this league has been around a long time. There's a lot of great players. And life goes on. Just like, you know, if 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 somebody – if he got injured, you got to move on. I get it. He's a great player, but he's not the last of the great players. And so you got to figure out a way to deal with it. If he's not happy – you can't you can't affect your team. You got to make sure that your team is building itself together because together is the only way we're going to win. If I die tonight, Jason, <laughs> this league will be just fine. You know, and everybody's awesome. talking about Jim's not speaking coherently during the whole thing. It's like yeah. Jim's just saying like, "Yep, I am one of the owners." He's Uncle Jim, I'm the He's longest Uncle owner yeah. in yeah. this in this league. Everybody that is an owner right now, I voted on. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. I've let you into my league, pretty much. What he's saying, <laughs> yeah. and when I die. This league don't matter. They they are going to move full speed ahead. I think that was actually a pretty, like, perceptive view from Jim Irsay's mindset. But I still don't think he should have been the one talking about Mm -hmm. the running back negotiation situation publicly. Like, let some other owner do that, Jim. Have a little bit of situational awareness with what you got brewing in your own building. But I don't think that would have mattered if he puts that tweet out or not. I think Jonathan Taylor's strategy would have been the same way, seemingly. And I don't know if... I don't know if you could call what he's doing a strategy. I, I, I think to me it's stupid. You're just not going to win this. Like, you got to know your opponent, right? So Muhammad Ali watched tape on George Foreman before he got to fight him over in Zaire. And he basically came to the conclusion, look, this guy's fought 40 times. He's knocked out 37 people, right? I, he's bigger, stronger, tougher, meaner than I am, right? I can't – I have to do something completely different. So he wrote the dope. And he said, if I can get him past the eighth round, I'm going to win the fight. He did. That That's strategy. This isn't a strategy. We're just going to act so unhappy. That's not a strategy. Like, well, that's uh, one of the greatest strategies of all time. Yeah. Genius. Still talked about. People don't talk about boxing strategy on a regular basis. The rope dub still talked about. Simpson, Homer, made an entire fucking episode about <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. You're right. There is strategy, and then there isn't strategy. In this particular one, I think, like, acknowledging that Jim Irsay pays his people. You know, like that's something Jim does very rarely. Yep. Now, I think Florio cited an Edrin James situation where he went to Arizona. Yeah. And Edrin yeah. and Jim Mercer, very tight. Still, still to this day, they're yes. very tight. So that might have been a time, I guess, when another team was like, all right, we'll take a one and pay and you won't. But every other situation of recent history, like Jim is going to take care of, you know, I would – he had four touchdowns last year. Yep. Zero receiving touchdowns. 11 games, missed six of them, 800. And this is the time to do that after coming out and saying, like, I'll play. And then to, and we had a number four overall pick. Just optically, to your strategize wise, you're losing the public too. Like, Colts fans love yeah, Jonathan yeah. Taylor. And then immediately, mm-hmm. like, they're seeing it like, we had number, we were terrible. We were the, we were no fun to watch as a football team last year. You were yeah. bad at football last year. Very. Our team was bad at football. Now, circumstances with quarterbacks and everything, we understand. But to act now like you like that is, I don't know, publicly it doesn't seem to be going great. Professionally, we will see. But I think there's a way to get out of this. I, I'm remaining optimistic. Let's mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Good luck, boys. Pac-Man has a question for you, Lombo. Lombo, let's flip, yes, over. let's flip over to the other side and go to Dallas and talk about Jerry World. Martin is holding out. He got two more years on this contract. We were sitting over yeah. here earlier, and um, Jerry have already came out and said what he said. <laughs> Do you think a deal will get done there? Um, I know he's getting fined $50,000 a day, 
And this yeah. CBA, they can't uh, like refer the money back to they put yeah, it in no, the contract. So that is real money. And guess who getting the money? The Cowboys, not the NFL. Right. So do you think no a deal get done there, or what? What do you think happened there? I, I think Zach's making a mistake. Look, I think Chris Lindstrom's contract making twenty million a year pissed Zach off. Right? He's at fourteen. Quentin Nelson's deal pissed Zach off. But what Jerry said is true. Micah Parsons is a unique player. It's very rare in today's NFL that you find a guy who can line up off the ball and rush as the fourth or fifth rusher and fit in the rush and then line up a guy who lines up a defensive end and rush off the edge or run a game or run a stunt. He's going to get paid. Now, Nick Bosa is going to carry it because whatever they pay Nick Bosa, they're going to pay Micah. So it's going to kind of wash itself out. And Jerry's right. You can't pay everybody. He's got Dak over there making all this money. So uh, the CBA, this CBA was written. You hey, know, I'm old enough Dak to remember the days. Man. These Dak lowlights, Lombo, that are getting out there right oh, now. Oh, I know. I know. I saw them. But, you know, until they're, you know, and sometimes you got to temper that. You don't know what's going on. But I will say this. Right, when I minutes. first started in the league, holdouts were valuable. Players held out and, and accomplished a lot. There was no, there was no real way of getting your. There, nobody shared information. They didn't know the salaries. This CBA is built to not have holdouts. That's why we have more hold-ins than we have holdouts. So to just give away fifty grand is not a smart play. I, I think Zach's a great player, but when the owner comes out and says what he does again, who are we negotiating with? We're negotiating with Jerry, you know, and so we're going to have to figure this out. No. That's just like a, that's a wild thing because Jerry and Jim, they're big like our league's not going to become NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our league is our that's, league. That, you know, our, that That's the key point right there. The, that, that is what I think is the underlying. See, I think some of the NFL players think they can behave like NBA players, and they miss the point where these owners are not NBA owners, right? The, the, oh, these yeah. 30 the guys that sit in that room. And- yeah. That, that they sit in that room, they're a different than you know. Do you think that the NFL? We only play seventeen games, but you think they would let guys miss as many games or have D not play? No, of course not. That would so be awesome. I think you got to understand it. <laughs> that would be awesome that? to yeah. watch that. Now, granted, I do believe if they had an eighteenth game, I think there will be some G games that older players maybe. You know, if they're going through something, we will hold out of like week thirteen game. Week 14 game, mm-hmm. we're yeah. like two weeks out. We're in a good spot. We if they were ready. to add another game, I think, like if you're a good team. I mean, if you're in the middle of a playoff hunt, fucking. Yeah, you're yeah. playing. You're playing. Get your ass but, out. But see, I, I think this game thing is wrong. I, I would take this approach. If I were in the players' union, I would say I would I would try to get, okay, we played 16 games, and Quentin, Quentin Nelson played all 16 games for the Colts, and he played 1,050 plays. Okay, so – 16 games, you play 1,050 plays. That's the most amount of plays he can play if we go to 17 games or if we go to 18 games. That's the most he can play. And it's and it, it becomes the coaches have to develop players to fill in and manage that 1,050 plays. Oh. It's really about plays. It's I'm not sure about games, that. right? It's about that. how many plays are you playing. I would and be it, pissed, then though. It feels like a lot. I would, I would be pissed if you told me, oh, now you can't play. We got, week, week I would 20, be pissed. Week well, 20. no, I would say, Pac-Man, I would rotate you through wow. you got to rotate yeah but what about week 20 what if he's got 35 plays left yeah, yeah. he's got yeah. 35 well, plays that, 
I'm on, and then they're going to be th- all they're going to be in the fourth quarter. We got to win a goddamn game. <laughs> exactly. That's what gonna do. All right, I'm not 100 percent in on that one, but I do know that there's going to be definite more games mm-hmm. at some point as the yeah. money tree continues to grow for the NFL. And I don't, I don't think they're going to be giving over power to anybody either. The NFL owners, be, no. you like it here? No. Are the ratings going up? Is the salary cap going up? What? Oh. Are you guys getting paid more money than you've ever been paid? Yep. Are people still loving our league more than everybody else? Yeah. Yep. Okay, sounds good. What do you want? What, what <laughs> yeah, do you right. And then we'll move on. Like They have the ability to say that right now yes. because of how good yeah. things are going with the NFL. But I do hope this next CBA does have a little bit more player advantage at some point in some say of the game. But who knows if that's ever going to be possible. We have a couple questions for the boys, and we got to let you go, yep. Lombo. Back to that Jersey Shore. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Lombardi, a uh, friend of the show and someone that I've grown to love, Dan Orlovsky, <laughs> kind of you know threw something out this morning, and it oh, wasn't no. that easy. He just trying to piss me off, Connor. No, no, no here we go. No, this no, is come the, on. This no, is, not. Hey, this is the one, actually. To piss okay. you off, yes. I think. Yeah. I yes. think, which is why yeah. I'm so All excited right. that Connor's doing this. Right yeah, now. And, and it is a it is a real kind of idea in Lombardi. I don't want you. You know, he didn't say or lot or excuse me, he didn't say Springsteen was a one hit wonder. Oh. I don't think at least. Maybe he has in the past. You should check that out. Yeah. But he said this morning that you know with where the NFL is right now, that there is a chance that you know the 35 you know passing touchdowns a season isn't going to be enough to get it done in the MVP, you know, voting and that there are going to be a lot of different guys and quarterbacks that have those kind of stats that now there's going to be a different factor, you know, in the MVP awarding. It's not just going to be strictly based off stats, but it also be part of an eye test. So he threw out there, you know, Justin Fields, he, he he's probably going to win, oh, you know, He's probably going to. What's your problem, Lombo? Yeah, yeah, Why aren't you even li- You're not even listening. Yeah. You're not even listening. I'm listening. Listen, Lombo. Dan Orlovsky's talking. That Justin Fields in the eye test is one of, if not the most impressive guy in the entire NFL. <laughs> and that if he were to throw 35 touchdown passes and, you know, rush for another 10, 12, that he would be the runaway MVP. Do you think that Roger Goodell is going to call him today and say, you know what, that's genius, that's how we'll judge the MVP going forward? Or do you think that uh, even the idea of a lot of guys in the NFL having that type of success is possible? Well, it violates a code of, of code for me. Is The MVP is about winning. What player leads his team who's most valuable to his team and helps his team win, right? What does that? accumulating stats is wonderful. That's great, right? But I'm sure if you asked Warren Moon if he could trade all those stats that he accumulated for a title, he would say, I'd rather have the title. And so, like, 35 touchdowns, and I win the AFC, and I represent, I am the number one seed, and I have this season, yeah. But if you just want to measure players on individual ability, look, I don't know what game Dan's watched. I went back and watched all five games of Justin Fields at the end of the year. They're down 31-7 to against Detroit, and they're still running the ball. Like, they, they, they averaged eight less passes than the Colts did last year per game, and they both were down. I mean, they averaged 22 passes. Oh, I know he's got D.J. Moore. Look, I think it's unfair to put this pressure on Justin Fields. I think let him get good first before we start talking about MVP. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard for him to complete passes. Like, can we just go through it? 
Like, it's Ohio we, State by bias. This is yeah. so he's burying Ohio State right now. Greeny okay. too. Greeny's going to be crushed. Well, yeah. Greeny oh. said there's a chance that he's the next superstar, and I think Greeny said it because of what Dan was saying, mm. and then obviously the entire getup became like, a, yeah. yes, they, they had yeah. me believe it. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, you know Justin what? <laughs> I, you know what? I I agree with that thing. But you- I, I would love to watch a tape with them and explain to them what they're uh, and watch it. Like you tell me, <laughs> I don't give a crap what the QBR says. Like I'm watching the tape. All like, right. All right. Not we appreciate the hell out of you, and I can't wait to see what Justin Fields does. I mean, Me it's too, been a great conversation. Uh-huh. It looks I, good. I can't wait either. I just think we got to temper the conversation. All right. like, well, the damn. guy's not going to go from 2,200 yeah. yards, 91 sacks, a zillion turnovers, and all of a sudden become the MVP. <laughs> right, that right. just don't happen. <laughs> it just don't happen. All right, okay? Lobo, thank you for the reality. We appreciate mm-hmm. you. You're the man. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Thanks, and joining us in studio. What? Live in the Thunderdome. Hell yeah. There's a man that was born and raised here in Indiana. He's something of an absolute hero here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Indiana is the home of the Indianapolis 500, but it's also home to a lot of racing. Mm-hmm. So whenever these are little kids here, you know who your heroes are? Who's that? Fucking race car drivers. Okay. Damn right. Before Peyton Manning got here, but it was not a football town. No, no. It was a racing town and a basketball town. So a lot of young racers come up through Indiana. And one that came up through the Indiana racing system that went on to not only win the IndyCar Series. What? He was going to win the NASCAR Cup Series three times. What? And on August 30th, I do believe, in Brownsburg, Indiana, this motherfucker's going to be drag racing, too. If it has an engine in it, he wants to race it. And he's not just going to race it. He's going to win it. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Smokestone. Did I accurately describe that, though, about Indiana? I'm from Pittsburgh, so when I came out here, it was a little bit of a culture shock. They love racing out here, and it is a thing that little kids do all the way up through. It is a career path, right? That is a fact. You either were born with a steering wheel in your hand or a basketball in your hand in this state until Peyton Manning came around. <laughs> How's your jumper? Pretty good or no? I'm terrible. Oh, okay, but you hey, steering wheel. <laughs> yeah. And Bird lives about five miles from me. By, down by Columbus, he's got his Eagle Ranch, and then I've got Hidden Hollow Ranch. We're Cabela's. pretty close. Yeah, that Cabela's down there. Is that? Hold on, hold on. You're talking about. Uh, you're talking about. Uh, you're talking about this. Ooh, that's my place. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, we found out about this. I think yeah. like a year ago, went for sale, I believe, and we said, uh, or it hit the internet. Maybe they were describing it, and we said, "Who the fuck lives in this place?" They're like Tony Smokes Third. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! There's like a fishing pond in the middle of this thing, right? It's got a pond and a, t- a big tank inside. Hey, you've done good, man. Wow. Yeah. It's like, a, like a small bass pro. Yeah, you've yeah. done yeah. good. You have done good with your life. You should be incredibly proud. Uh, let's dive into the convo we just had right there. So you're the only guy, I believe, to have uh, Cup Series championships in both IndyCar and in NASCAR. Congratulations. Thank you. Let's go. IndyCar, they're going 200 and... 30. Almost 230 now, yeah. 230 miles an hour. Uh, different style of racing. NASCAR going 199. Right. About 200, right? Yep. So two different speeds. F1 going, what What are they doing? Uh, I think the fastest they go is like 190, 185, 190. Mm. I want to let you know. Just as a, this is not even me taking a stand for like Indiana, now that I'm an Indiana resident and everything like that. Oh. My wife and her family, massive IndyCar fans. 
That F1 thing, I don't understand how people like it. It's a shame. It is so fucking boring. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is. You you probably can't say you don't want to stir up. You're probably raced over there. <laughs> or going to go race over there. But I don't like that style of racing. I enjoy IndyCar. I enjoy NASCAR. But what you're about to do here in a few weeks in Indianapolis, and I think you have a couple cars in, this drag racing shit's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we used to watch a show where pink slips were up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Fast and Furious had yep. this thing happen. But I used to live on the west side of Indianapolis in Brownsburg where this drag strip is. We got these fucking things going like 300 how, how fast are these things going yeah both the top fuel and funny cars run over 330 damn these dudes are strapping them and lady a lot of women drivers a mm-hmm. lot of lady drivers my wife drives this car what 300 and what 330 330 miles strapping themselves in okay yeah. strapping themselves. how many g's how many g's is that six g force is positive Jeez. when they leave and then when they hit the shoots it's negative six and a half g's Jeez. My 12 God. g force swing so how do we get gas to the so shoot. i know like good old boys i think if i if you go back to nascar beginnings i think they're trying to soup it up for moonshine to kind of get the cars to outrun the cops and everything like that but i feel like all these racing go-karts even we got four of them outside we're, hey we're going to fucking smoke smoke, aren't we? Hell yeah. <laughs> Y'all get it out of your system now because I'm going to annihilate your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. He ain't doing shit. Yep. Shit. Yes, it it's going gonna, it's gonna to take all of you to stop me. Just saying. No, we're just trying not to get lapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the uh, yeah. goal. Is the goal. goal is to try not to get lapped. I'm 255, too. I feel like I got quite a disadvantage, but I did tell them to <laughs> just a little bit. And they can do that because I believe most of this racing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is literally just like good old boys that enjoy building engines. Like, how did we start getting to a point where we're strapping humans to race cars that are going 330 miles an hour? And how often is this happening? And, like, I watch one in Ohio. There's one in Indianapolis. How many of these NHRA events are kind of taking place? And what all – this is a terrible to ask, but, like – 330 miles an hour, human. There's a lot that can go wrong. Is that is that is that how? It's very accurate. Okay, good. Very yeah. accurate. No, it's there's 22 national events across the country. I'm racing in Pennsylvania this weekend with the regional series. So there's seven regions in the country. Um, NHRA has four pro divisions. They have Top Fuel, Funny Car, Pro Stock, and Pro Stock Bike. And then all the other divisions are technically sportsman divisions. So I run the Top Alcohol Dragster class. Um, top Fuel and Funny Car only run a thousand feet. So they're running 330 plus mile an hour in a thousand feet. My class is the same same style <laughs> oh. of car, different motor configuration, runs the full quarter mile and only runs 280 miles an hour. Only yeah, you're like you're going. Well, so, I say so that because yeah. Well, <laughs> if you listen to the Q and As, there's women that go, well, what's it feel like that your wife drives faster than you? Yes, yeah, so your wife <laughs> is a boss at 330 miles yeah. an hour. She's going faster than you've ever been, right? True. But she can only do it for three and a half seconds. I can do it for three and a half hours. So, come on. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I've seen well, these internet ads. Got the algorithm doing its thing. So you would just race whatever. Did you grow up racing uh, go-karts and then yes. kind of come up through the yep. whole process? And why did you make the jump from IndyCar to NASCAR when you did? And why are you in the NHRA now? Has this always been a hobby? So it was. I started in go-karts at eight. I raced for uh, a local company in Greenfield, Indiana, Comet Cart Sales. Mark Dismore, who was my teammate in IndyCar, uh, the first That's year. the carts that are outside right now. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, ain't that oh. convenient. He might got us. Yeah, he might do some shit. He might do some shit. But you start in go-karts, right? Yeah. Graduated high school and started moving up. Um, I ran a new sack, which is based out of the west side of Indianapolis and Speedway, the United States Auto Club, and ran sprint cars, midgets, silver crown cars. And then got an opportunity at the literally within a month of each other to 
drive for a NASCAR team and an IndyCar team. And luckily, the IndyCar series only had five races the first year. The, the stock car team was willing to let me do both. And uh, then in, at the end of 96, Joe Gibbs hired me. I went two more years in NASCAR's uh, Xfinity Series and then went to the Cup Series in 99. And that's where all the money was at that time, right? NASCAR yeah. had a big jump. That was like the yeah. premier thing. Now is it just kind of communicated about like uh, NASCAR, IndyCar, F1, all these different leagues. It's just like that's the like kind of what everybody's shooting for? Or is there like certain styles of driving that you knew you weren't going to be able to do? Yeah, I think it's more, honestly, it depends on what you want to do. And, and, you know, kids and parents are training their kids early, they get them down a path. You either want to go IndyCar racing or you want to go NASCAR racing or you want to go drag racing. Oh, this is happening in racing. Uh, it's happening in sports too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like specialty training and you don't really get to diversify of it all. That's exactly right. It's kind of bullshit happening in sports. I assume it sounds like that in racing too. It is, but you know, we got guys like Kyle Larson who come from the dirt track ranks and run sprint cars all the time and he's awesome in cup but he comes back and he runs dirt late models and dirt sprint cars. We need to keep him out of sim. You know, you need to keep him out of sim. But he is an incredible driver. Incredible. Have you always just been better driver than everybody else? Like in go-karts, there was like a thing whenever you were in there? I I don't know. I learned I was too lazy to work a real job at a young age. (laughs) So I figured I had to be be good at something. So are you more courageous? Got more, like, why do you think you over other people when it comes to the driving game? I, I don't know. I honestly don't have a good answer for that. I just, I did my deal and... I didn't worry about what everybody else did. We just did it our way. We stuck to our program. We always, even when we won, we always tried to figure out how could we have done it better. And I think that's what. So you just really, love racing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Fucking love racing. Man, that number twenty Home Depot, fucking flying around that track. Those were good six, days then. Six to midnight, right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You pooping in that suit? No. Peeing? No. Uh, occasionally, you had to. <laughs> Gotta let go. It's, it's not like they say, hey, there's a rest area a mile down the road. We're going to stop for five minutes. We'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, that's not fun. You, my bladder's active, too. I think that's why I probably wasn't a driver, if I had to guess. I'm 255. That's way too big to be a driver. So my driver that drives this car is 255. <laughs> he's that, a big, he's that's a hurting big boy. you guys, isn't it? Isn't that hurting you guys? Doesn't that hurt in racing? Well, a little bit. Hey, uh, hey bud. But he's good. He's won three world championships, so I'm going to say Maybe it right. helps. Hold on. Maybe the momentum. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe yeah. I'm at the advantage today with these go-karts. Sean Force a big boy kind of in there? He's not near as big as okay. my guy is. My guy, yeah. look like literally, you paint my guy green, he is the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about, though. He's 255, right? Big guy. He's a man. But in racing, that is huge. Right? Most yeah, people, that's way big for a race car driver. Most people kind of got to be born to be a driver, right? You, you want to be small. To be a good and you gotta be, have huge gut sack though. Like yeah. you gotta mm-hmm. the death at every single corner. And you when you started, they didn't even have the the oh, brain head helmet stability thing, right? No, no head and neck restraints. Uh, no containment seats that came all the way around. It was a lot more uh, simple and primitive back then. But I mean, the safety side of it, our sport, both in NHRA, IndyCar, NASCAR has come a long way in the last 10 years. I, mean, I know AJ has like a better. thousand questions for you. I just had to motor off mine. I'm so pumped to be chatting with you. What do you got, AJ? Tony, I'm, I'm curious if there's anything you haven't raced yet, any kind of vehicle, a boat, maybe the Red Bull air racing situation that you haven't got into that you might in the future. It's funny you bring that up because I got a chance to drive the funny car at IRP here about a month ago or a month and a half ago, and we were trying to figure out what cars have I we, – we started with what have I driven – then we got frustrated and said, it's going to be a lot easier just to try to find the list of cars I haven't. Yeah, I haven't yeah. And it's not been very much. I mean, 
southeast corner of Indianapolis has the speed room. They do the World Figure Eight Championships there. The never school buses, that. right? Isn't there a school bus race too? Well, they do school buses as well, but they got tricked out late models that are Figure Eight cars that haul ass around there. I've That's an accident, bro- right? Uh, has yeah. T-bone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, has and I've broke my back four times already. I'm like, eh, maybe we'll sign up for the maybe T-bone we skip race. That one. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we might skip that one. And uh, Swamp Buggies in Florida. That's the other division we haven't ran yet. So, so what are you waiting on? What's the deal? You don't I don't know. It. I I don't want to get upside down on a car and get stuck in and I can't breathe. So yeah. uh, that choking with water thing's not a good deal. Yeah, but yeah. from what I just learned, just from quick telling you, I don't think you have that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you were racing back in the day before. Because it was. It was Earnhardt, right? Yeah. I mean, that yeah. changed the scene. entire yeah. yep. scene of the whole thing. In the, I watched that documentary. I think McGee did it. He did, yeah. yeah. Ryan McGee yep. did yep. the documentary. I watched that whole thing. You guys just kind of understood that this could happen at any given moment. And that was yeah. before there was even the, uh, what's the barriers that aren't on the Safer track? barriers, yeah. yeah. On the, uh, the, the walls. styrofoam and fiber emergency something. I forget what it's called. Because they just raced in a place that didn't have it. And McGee was pissed. Yep. Remember? Yeah. He was so mad about it. Back in the day, you guys were just like daredevils pretty much. Well, they they did as much as they knew they could do at the time. But then after Dale Sr.'s accident, everybody really put a lot of focus on making sure, how do we keep this from happening again? And there were guys getting killed in race cars. I mean, it's always been that way. Scary but, sport. But yeah. every decade, the amount of guys that die in race cars yeah, keeps absolutely. getting smaller and smaller and, and the injuries are smaller and smaller. I mean, you still have big injuries. You still have guys getting paralyzed. You have guys that have uh, brain trauma, but the amount of opportunities and the amount of times that that happens keeps getting smaller and smaller and the sport keeps getting safer and safer. And it's across the board. It's not just NASCAR, not just IndyCar, sprint cars, NHRA drag racing. Everybody put a full court press on how do they take the cars in their series and find a way to make it safer to keep these drivers from being hurt. How old are you? 52. So what? You look good. Thanks. Yeah. The yeah. smoke yeah, looks good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Smoke looks Still good. Still got it. Smoke look good. Yeah, smoke does look good right now. Good high. Hey, you've been using lies and, you know, good lotioning and stuff. Yep. Great <laughs> hair. <laughs> what, what does slow you down? Because like, old drivers are terrible. We all see them yep. on the road. Sure. Mm-hmm. We're all pushing for, like, a new driver's test at a certain age. I think like everybody who's on the road is pushing for that. For you, you can drive forever, or what, like what would stop you from racing cars? You think? I don't know. That's what I like about drag racing. My class runs a quarter mile in five point two seconds, so I can get semi banged up the night before and be in good enough shape to run five seconds. <laughs> now a three a three hour cup race, maybe not so much. <laughs> a five second race. The only thing you got to do is you got to do everything correctly. You got to do all the procedure right, the cadence of how how you do the whole routine. But you better be ready when those lights turn on. You better be ready to go because when that light changes and it, that's you can win it or lose it on that tree. So. Yeah, we're gonna need an IV this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last night's coming a little harder than, than it has in the past. Hi, a question for you, Smoke. Smoke, back when you were running NASCAR, like you were a household name. So if someone who wasn't a, really a fan of NASCAR, like they knew who Tony Stewart was, they knew who Jeff Gordon was, and you know then Jimmy Johnson. It seems like nowadays that really isn't the case anymore. Do you think NASCAR in general is like deeper now? And do you think we'll ever get to a point again where we'll have multiple drivers where even if you're not a fan of the sport, like you, you know, you had that celebrity status. Like, are we ever going to get back to that point with NASCAR? Or is it kind of hurt by F1's explosion and how popular IndyCar is now? And NHRA I, might pop yeah. off, dude. You guys, I, I didn't know you guys were going 330 fucking Yeah, yeah it's crazy. I honestly think it's because of how young everybody is in NASCAR. It's like when an 18 year old kid is, you know, 
when they're trying to drive in the truck series, they're 15 years old, they can run the short tracks. When your mom or dad has to drive you to the race shop, it's hard for people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. How do you rally around that? I mean, I sat there and tried to tell them, I'm like, when was the last time all of you went to a high school football game? Mm -hmm. Nobody raised their hand. I said, because nobody, unless your kid's playing, you don't go to a high school football game. So why are we putting 18-year-olds in these cars and expecting the fans to go, that's my guy? The, guy, the kid just got his damn diploma. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have life experiences. He hasn't had sleep in his car on the side of the road because he couldn't afford a hotel room in between two nights of racing. These, these kids don't have these experiences. So that's where I think we've hurt ourselves in the sport of trying to keep pushing these kids younger and younger and younger. We got 14, 12-year-old kids trying to drive sprint cars now. And I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, you got to earn, right? You got to earn. Mm-hmm. Like, like- well, not only that, but think about the safety side of it. A 12-year-old kid, his body's not mature. His body's growing and developing. It's it's you hey, take a hard hit then. Because right? I used to, you know, here in Indiana, there's a lot of sprint car tracks are everywhere, and obviously I lived actually five minutes from that thing. I heard, I don't know if you're doing it at the time, but y'all motherfuckers practice late night going into that thing. You know what I mean? These some of us are trying to sleep. Like all the racers, all the racers are. Some of us are trying to sleep. Fairly sanitary. These guys are not sanitary. These guys are <laughs> these guys that drive these cars are nuts. Yeah, well, not so, only and they don't care about what time you're going to sleep. Bingo, those yeah. things. Yeah. Are, ah! yeah. It is, yeah. but it's only for five seconds. Yeah, which is even worse. Just roll right. over. Yeah, no, well, then you you're whoa, <laughs> holy shit! Yeah. Is what is going yeah. what's going on inside? And then you get going, and then and then some something going went wrong. Obviously, <laughs> I can't win with it. You start judging these fuckers, and it's a whole thing. But it is. A shot of adrenaline I couldn't even mm-hmm. fathom. You chasing that for the rest of your life, you think? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Because mm-hmm. I'll go like 80 on the street. I'm like, oh, oh sweet. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Hands going low. Driving, this is like such a I stand. drive my motor home at 90. <laughs> Jesus. So you are like one of those professional drivers that, because the standard <laughs> answer that always happens in like radio shows whenever they talk like, about Like, no, I don't drive that fast. What, what's in your garage? Yeah, there we go. I, honestly, I drive a Ford Raptor pickup truck. Everywhere. Oh, dog. So awesome. Everywhere. What do you do? Just fucking go out there, fish on the back of the Ford Raptor. Actually, Hop I shot on. a deer off the hood of the Raptor this winter. So <laughs> just standing I on it. I mean, I am from Southern Indiana. We do some pretty stupid shit down there. Yeah. Well, I've actually <laughs> been down there. Yeah, I, I've done some dumb shit down there for sure. I had a good time though. Well, if you went down there, you had to do dumb shit because yeah. that's what everybody's doing. Yeah, I was kind of get peer pressured in there, but I, I don't know if all of it is considered dumb. It's just a different way to have fun. I do believe. Yeah. And Smoke, we appreciate you stopping by. We got to get our race started outside. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for that. Hey, if you if you rigged this thing, which it sounds like you did, because the guy you raced with in high school is the one who brought the carts here. Yeah, messed up. But so, we don't know that for sure. We just saw. I just saw the logo. On the side of whatever, mm-hmm. whoever's trailers out there. Uh, I right. just saw the company's name. <laughs> That's what you just, it's, you knew. I didn't see anybody out there I knew, let's put it that way. Oh. We'll find out in a minute when we get outside. So what would your your advantage be, though? You just understand, you'll be able to pick up this track quicker than we would be able to. What, like, you're driving on the road. Well, I'm a, a a, the driver. first thing is I'm going to get an advantage on weight. So I'm 175 pounds, so I'm going to get a weight advantage. Second thing is I'm going to know how to apex the corners and how to open my entry up, how to make the corner as big as I can to carry the most speed I can. What? Uh, we got to learn that. We'll watch a YouTube video. You guys. We'll watch a YouTube video. When you're driving on the streets, are you an aggressive driver or? Overly. Okay, so every, this, all the other drivers are like, yeah. no, that's scary. Very tame. Yeah. Yeah. I'm scared to drive with you guys on the track. I feel comfortable. You're like, no. 
I desperately wish that Ford would come out with a new Raptor with like a plow on the front of it, <laughs> like 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 on a train or like yep. a snow plow. Sure. And when when the old people are in the left hand lane sitting there reading their phones or whatever they're doing, yeah, they should just, not be doing that. Yeah, take them out. Yeah, and flip them over. Hey, they got flying cars coming soon. I can't wait to see what you do with those. <laughs> can't wait to see what you do with those. Boats. I'll figure something out. Did you go down to that regatta down there? Where was that? Uh, here in Indiana, uh, where that? Oh boat yeah. Flew? Where that boat did that backflip. You know the regatta that happens here in Madison. It, well, Madison, yeah. yeah. Did you see? Are you ever going to race those boats to AJ's question? No. Mm-mm. Don't no, fuck with water. It doesn't have enough wheels yeah. on it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Smart. How about uh, two wheels? Right. Not enough wheels. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Four. They got it figured out. Whenever they did that, everything else is fuckery. We appreciate the hell out of you. Ladies and gentlemen, Tiny Smoke Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That has been my anniversary. Uh, August 1st, 2023. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get outside and race against smoke. We appreciate you taking time. Big shout out to Michael Lombardi for joining us. What? Brandon Bean for joining us. What? AJ obviously had a great day. And Pac-Man Jones back in studio. Mm-hmm. Go. Go. It's been a glorious day. It's going to be an incredible evening. Thank you to the boys. You did great. We'll see you tomorrow. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice might change your life. Goodbye.